Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And we're doing a remake this time. Have we done a remake? Um, I don't remember. We've done over 100 episodes at this point. I, I so know. I can't keep straight what we've done. <laughs> I can't either. I, I will, We might have. I think we might have. We might have. I will say, I, I will say this. Because I I know the director of this movie. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I don't care. I know the director of this movie. This is the only remake he ever did. Yes, that is so. Fair. But we, we're doing a remake. We are talking about the 90s version of Sabrina. Sabrina was made in 1995. It stars Julia Orman, Harrison Ford, Greg Kinnear, Nancy... can't remember my hair. Marchand, Nancy Marchand, yeah. John Wood, Lauren Hawley... Tiny, tiny little bit of Paul Giamatti. Like the tiniest Susan. A Susan. A a Giamatti Susan. Yeah, he literally just has, I would call it a cameo, but he's in a lot of it, just not, he only has lines like this. But this, this was like, this was before he was Paul Paul Giamatti. Giamatti. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This was directed by Sidney Pollack, who, like you said, you know, Pollack is a huge director. Okay, Sidney Pollack was actor, director producer yes. for so many things i have to say like i'm 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 going to just like derail you for a second yeah, it's fine um i because the thing is like this it's sort of a tandem relationship because sydney pollock it's like robert redford was one of his favorite actors he worked with robert redford a fuck ton mm-hmm. and so because i have grown up loving robert redford my entire goddamn <laughs> life um so therefore, I have watched a lot of Sidney Pollack movies. Yep. Um, but Sidney Pollack did The Firm. Yep. He did Out of Africa. I completely forgot he directed Tootsie. Directed and acted. In directed Tootsie. and acted in Tootsie. Three Days of the Condor. The way we were at Jeremiah Johnson. Yep. I, like right there, like three of my favorite Redford movies. Yep. Um, and. On the, I will say on the acting side, I didn't know him as well. However, he had a short run playing Will Truman's dad on Will and Grace. Yep. And he died in 2008. Mm-hmm. And basically, because, like, they, they had had a whole episode of, and it was in, like, one of the final, or the final season um, before the reboot and everything. Yeah. But they, um, you know, so like they had this whole episode of Will and his dad have this huge fight and Sidney Pollack dies. And so they had, so they had to like kill off Will's dad. And it is like the most like heartbreaking few episodes. And you, and you throw in the fact that Will's mother was played by Blythe Danner. Mm -hmm. And it's just like gut wrenching several episodes. And I'm like, Sidney Pollack? Like... I just I love the man so much. Uh, I had he, to gush about that. The weird thing with me and Sidney Pollack, with what I like about Sidney Pollack, is I used to watch Turner Classic movies, still do, yes. all the time. Sidney Pollack was on there a all lot, the time. yeah. So like I knew he was a director and all this kind of stuff, but I he's one of the few directors that I can go Sidney Pollack and I have a face mm-hmm. in my brain. Like I yeah. have a face, I have a talking head in my head, yeah, because I remember watching him talk about movies and that's another thing like i don't think i bring up a lot on this podcast i love listening to people talk about movies oh, especially once they were yes. involved in like it is it is something that i just massively enjoy it's why we love commentary so much it is and like <laughs> when i was younger when we first got tcm because we didn't get satellite until i was about yes 14 
And so we finally got Sally, 13, 14 years old. TCM, I grew up on old movies to start with. So mm-hmm. TCM became something I, every day, checked to see what was on. Yeah. And my, the rest of my family does not necessarily um, enjoy my obsession with old movies. But some, some, some they like, some they don't. So I would watch like just like the little like interstitials mm-hmm. that they have on. Oh TCM yeah, I love and, that too. And stuff like that. And so Sidney Pollock was one of those that just was I remember vividly. I think he may have done the essentials for a while with yeah. uh, with Robert Osborne, who's also passed now, which mm-hmm. is so weird to watch TCM without Robert Osborne. Ben Mankiewicz does a good job. Mankiewicz is, is good. He's really good. But it it's just the first time I turned it on after, I was like, This is weird. But but yeah, so Sidney Pollock, like we both have, like you said, Tootsie. Uh, out of Africa, the firm. Uh, he was in Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. Uh, and I uh, had many more. That's what I wrote. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, if I write everything he's done, I'm going to be writing for three more. days. Um, so then this was written. It's based on a play by, by Samuel, Samuel Taylor, Taylor. Yeah. Who also worked on the screenplay with Billy Wilder and Ernest Lehman. Now, if you don't know who those are, bear with me for a second. The screenplay was from 1954. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Billy Wilder wrote things like Some Like It Hot, Sunset Boulevard, like massively famous writer. Yeah. Um, uh, Ernest Lehman wrote North by Northwest. The Billy Wilder did one of the, I think he also did one of like the Basil Rathbone. Possibly. I only listed a couple because yeah, there's one of the Basil five, Rathbone Sherlock Holmes movies. There's five writers for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I only listed a couple on the 54 yeah, yeah. ones. Uh, and then like I said, Ernest Lehman, North by Northwest, he did the screenplay for West Side Story. Uh, I mean, those are those are four massive yeah. movies for for Golden Age Hollywood. Um, and then the what do you call it? the the adaptation of that that screenplay? Yes, was done by Barbara Benedict, who did The Big Chill. Mm-hmm. She wrote The Big Chill. Big Chill. And David Rayfrel, who uh, worked with is it Rayfrel? Yeah, couldn't read my handwriting again. <laughs> Dave, uh, David Rayfrel, who did Three Days of the Condor, The Firm. Out of Africa, like he worked with Sidney Pollock a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like, I always like seeing that when you have. So, writers was he one of the adapters of the firm? He's, uh, I think so. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I was just looking at stuff he had written, and he he listed as on, on it as Three Days of the Condor, The Firm, Out of Africa. The Firm is one of the few John Gershon books I've actually read. Yeah, and so like the fact that he like he and Pollock worked together a yeah. ton. Um, this has an IMDb rating of six point three out of ten. It should be higher. And a Rotten Tomatoes of 65%. Fuck them. I was like, we're going to get into this. I love this movie. Oh, I do I too. I forgotten how much I love this movie. Because right? More recently, I, I bought the 54 Sabrina months ago, like a year ago or more. You No, you bought it longer ago than that because, yeah. because you lent it to me within yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. So I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. I think we, around the time we started this podcast, basically, yeah, so that we would have it. <laughs> so to we would have to. an arsenal. And I, I did the same thing as like I saw Casablanca and grabbed it. I'm gonna be upfront before we even go into what the movie's about. Humphrey Bogart, uh, William Holden, and and Audrey Hepburn are yeah. in the original version. I don't like Humphrey Bogart in this film. Just gonna straight up say it. I don't like William Holden in this film, but that's because I don't like the character that William Holden plays. <sighs> Because then we're going to get into it when we talk about yeah. the difference between, or we talk about Greg Kinnear's character in this. They play it differently mm-hmm. in the 54 I, Sabrina I, and in this Sabrina. I will admit, like, I don't remember, even though I did just watch it a couple of years ago. Yeah. I I remember, like, viscerally, like, from my childhood when I first mm-hmm. saw the 54 Sabrina feeling 
like that there was nothing between Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. Both amazing, phenomenal actors. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> Bogart having to be because like I'm not gonna say the man was typecast, but he did a certain thing very well. Yeah, and this was not the thing that he normally did. This was not the thing that he well, normally he did. He stepped in for Cary Grant. It was supposed to be Cary Grant. Yes. And that would change the whole like it then, would because I've seen Charade with Hepburn and Grant, and they have great chemistry. Yes. So that would have I think changed the whole production. Yeah. The, but with Bogart, it's just there's something like, about well, it that doesn't. And Bogie, reportedly, Bogart did not like Audrey Hepburn, and that oh no, um, that comes through very clearly. <laughs> Bogart didn't movie. like a lot of people, but anyway, that was just like just so you know that is based, this is based on a '54 version that yes. those three well, people. The, she and William Holden were fine, but like they were also carrying on an affair while they were like, yeah, like they were, while they were making the movie, like they were going to get married. Yeah, and then it fizzled out if i'm remembering correctly because she wanted children and he'd had a vasectomy i believe that's correct (laughs) i remember that story vaguely yeah wild hollywood or wild hollywood old hollywood was was wild times man oh absolutely but okay my sister would say freaking wild (laughs) yes it was buck wild the the other problem that i have with the 54 version which by the okay Real quick, if you yeah. have, if you know nothing about Sabrina, um, kind of just a very brief synopsis: an ugly duckling having undergone a remarkable change still harbors feelings for her crush, a carefree playboy, but not before his business-focused brother has something to say about it. Is the synopsis that I got from the '95 version. Yeah. So, but I will say, um, the other thing, like, I never because she's Audrey fucking Hepburn. Yeah. You never, like, I never bought the, like, a transformation. I'm like, because how, like, how. She's already super cute. Because, like, how do you not notice Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. Um, it's like, it's kind of the, the problem, like, just to use an example, like, kind of a, like a reverse example of in the, like, the original adaptation of Stephen King's Carrie, you have a very young Sissy Spacek. And so, Carrie is meant to be like an outcast. She is all angles and elbows and she's awkward. And, and that works well. When they did a remake of it and they cast Chloe Grace Moretz and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) What about her says awkward outcast. And so what, like the thing about it, like that is, that is kind of always my feeling about Sabrina of like, in what universe is Audrey Hepburn ever the ugly duckling? And Julia Ormond, the way that she plays, mm-hmm. the way that she plays, like, the before times Sabrina, like, with the long hair and the glasses, and just, she is, like, she is so curled into herself, yeah. and she she plays it so awkward, and so, like, she's painfully shy. Yeah. And you believe it. And so that when she comes back from Paris and she has this whole new look and the, you can kind of the tell the, confidence the, the, the yes, yeah. the look has given her confidence, but once she's fate, but once she is with David in these scenarios that she has imagined all of her life, 
that awkwardness and shyness comes back. Like it didn't instantly like make her suave and smooth. Yeah. And you know, it, it gave her a boost, but it's not, it she, wasn't a magic like fixer upper. Th- she maintains it in the car. Cause she knows David doesn't know who she is. Yes. But at the party, at yeah. the party. Yeah. But the, the other, and I, I like the difference, the like one other like difference between the 54 and the 95 version is that um, in in the 54 version, Sabrina goes to France to to be like to look quote on blue. Yeah. Like she goes to learn like to learn how to cook. Yes. And um and so like she's she's just like she's terrible at first. Like, you know, yeah. like stuff like forgetting to turn on the oven, like to make a souffle yeah. and and shit like that. And and she's just terrible. But as she finally starts to let go of David and like she comes into it. And that is one thing that like, I do appreciate about the 54 version is that when we have the moment of her, like she goes to Linus and it's that moment of like where he's like, Oh yeah, uh, you and I let's go to Paris. Yeah. She goes to his office and he has like a small kitchenette and they had, they had had plans for dinner and now it's too late for them to go. And uh-huh. she's like, well, I'll see what I can do. And so while they're talking and she's kind of busying herself in the kitchenette and like, okay, well, martini olives and this. And so she's trying to like put together something for them to eat. And I don't know what it is. I think it's what we've talked about before. Like something like there's a, an element of domesticity to that, mm-hmm. that I appreciate. Yeah. Whereas, and this like with a more like modern like 90s style the office like Linus's office in the remake it's much it's much bigger it's so impersonal yeah there's there's always so much space between the two of them that that it's it feels slightly more impersonal yeah. but um but 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 now in in the remake the in rather than going for you know because the the two things like two of the things that France is famous for food and fashion. Yeah. In the remake, now she's going there for fashion. Well, and in, in the original, she went, I believe because her mother studied the Cordon Bleu. Something like, yeah, um, because her mother was the cook. Yeah. That's what it was. In, in this, Mrs. Larrabee got her the job with the fashion. With Vogue. Yeah. Which that already tells you so much about Maud Larrabee. Cause like we're going to get into it as, as we yes. talk about the show. The other thing from the movie, the, the 54 movie that I hate, <laughs> like straight up feed hate. me. I don't know if you remember this because the 54 version is very different in, in uh-huh. some ways. She tries to kill her. Yeah. Cat. Oh, she locks herself in a car in the, in the she t- garage she, because her father's cars. Uh, yeah. Her father is the chauffeur, the chauffeur which is the she, same in both yes, versions. She goes in, she goes into the garage, which is like a 10 car garage. She closes the doors and starts all the cars. Yeah. And luckily enough, Larry Linus comes along and, mm-hmm. and stops it. And I do, I do like that, but I like what they did here. Yes. So much more than the well, 54 version. And, and also this is going to sound really weird. Her obsession in the 54 version is in more intense than than the obsession in this she like follows him to the and they also use like the indoor tennis courts in 54 version (laughs) versus the solarium solarium yeah in this version so so dude i would live in that solarium so so, i mean there's there's differences in like little things like that but she would like follow him Mm -hmm. and his women not just like no like she probably did it like once in the in the original thing 
or like in the the remake, she probably followed him once because she knew he got to the solarium, but she didn't like creepy stalk well, like him she, the whole time. She knows enough to like know what his signature move is. Yeah, and but she didn't. But this felt like she always. This is consistently what she does in the fifty four version is follow him around. Yeah, and William Holden. This is the other thing. His his version of uh uh David. Yeah, is a player. Like yes. straight up is a player. Greg Kinnear's David is so endearing because he genuinely thinks he's in love with every woman he tries to date. Yes. Like genuinely, because they, they comment on that line. He's like, Oh, he'll be the next love of his life next week. Like, yeah, he doesn't like do it as a notch on his bedpost. He doesn't do it like that. Yeah. He's just a boy who doesn't know what he wants or needs. Right. Until Lauren Holly tells him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I appreciate. <laughs> and, much. but that's what I love about Greg Kinnear's David He's not as slimy yeah. as William Holden's David. Yeah. And that you, those are my two like big things with that don't make me like well and the bogey thing. It doesn't make me like that. Literally like it. David is is kind of like the epitome of the hoser song someone new. Like I fall in love just a little bit every day with someone new. Yeah. Yeah, it just he just has to grow up. David does, David in this and the remake is basically just an overgrown kid. It, and they yeah. kind of get into it a little bit more than I remember the 54 version. And I haven't watched the 54 version in a while either. I just yeah. remember, like, the big, like, I don't like the way Bogey plays love scenes in that movie. I oh, man. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that there's no chemistry between him and Audrey Hepburn. I don't, like, this is, like, the big glaring, like, you guys think, can't see me, but I'm doing, like, bright lights in yes. my hands. I think, like, Bogey does better... This is sound terrible and make it how I mean and not how it's going to sound. Please. <laughs> Bogey does better up against like a powerhouse leading lady. Yes. Like up, yes. I'm like I him and McCall. I mean, of course. But also but I'm also thinking of like him and um and Betty Davis and Dark Victory. Mm-hmm. Um I, like I haven't watched a ton of bogey movies, but I've it just the ones I've seen. Yeah. Yes, like that just that seems to, you know like a femme fatale and, kind of woman. And Audrey Hepburn is not that character, typically. especially not at this time, yeah. because like this is early days for yes. her. Um, like and I mentioned charade that doesn't happen until the sixties. Yeah, I love guys. One day, Key and I are going to cover charade because <laughs> I love charade. But that's but the, yeah, yeah, it's she's you know she's always like you need like the roman holiday yes the soft like he's not always soft either like he's yeah he's harsh with her when he needs to be harsh with her but like just the way that that she and bogey you you need someone work in the same way that like harrison ford and julia ormond work in this yes and and greg even greg kinnear and julia ormond have this this like this palpable chemistry yeah which I I have to say, like, I love Julia Ormond so goddamn much. And God bless her. She had three back-to-back movies where, like, she was caught between lovers. Or, like, she was <laughs> caught between, like, like it's like a love triangle situation. Uh-huh. And um, because first there was Legends of the Fall. Where it's her caught between Brad Pitt and Aiden Quinn. I oh, only, poor her. I know. <laughs> I think also Henry Thomas in there too. 
Um, I've only seen that movie one time, and I was probably like 13, 14 years old. I remember nothing of it. Um, and then there was... <laughs> it's so bad, but I love it. First Night, in which she plays Guinevere, caught betwixt Sean Connery's King Arthur <laughs> and Richard Gere's yeah, Lancelot. Yeah, that one I do feel a bit more sorry for her on, because, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I like both I will guys, admit, but... she and Gear have some chemistry. Well, if you're playing Guinevere and Lancelot, you better. Yeah. Um, and then and then this, yeah. where she's caught between Greg and Nerd Harris Ford. Oh, <laughs> so, once again, so I feel literally, so it was like, sorry for her. Like, these three movies, like, back to back. But, like, I genuinely love her, and I, I, oh god, I think, I have not found a way to watch it yet, uh-huh. but she did a mini-series called Gold Digger, in which she is a mature woman who marries Ben Barnes, and he's after <laughs> her money. <laughs> and it's like a dark, like, thriller-looking mini-series, and I want to watch it so goddamn bad, and I've not had the chance to do it. But, I mean, she is just, like, she is just a good, consistent actor. Mm-hmm. And going back and rewatching this movie, the way that she plays, like, that awkwardness, and there mm-hmm. is such, there is a soft strength about her. Yes. That I appreciate so much. And I just, I love this movie. I, I really yeah. do. <laughs> so, like, it opens the way, even the opening, like the opening yes. okay. narration. I is, I have it. Is a it, but it starts like it's a fairy tale. Yes. And the so we have the opening narration, which I had forgotten the reprise. Yeah, I completely forgotten the reprise. Um, but we have we have the opening narration. Once upon a time, on the north shore of Long Island, not far from New York. There was a very, very large mansion, almost a castle, where there lived a family by the name of Larrabee. There were servants inside the mansion and servants outside the mansion, boatmen to tend the boats and six crews of gardeners, two for the solarium and the rest for the grounds, and a tree surgeon on retainer. There were specialists for the indoor tennis courts and the outdoor tennis courts, the outdoor swimming pool and the indoor swimming pool. And over the garage, there lived a chauffeur by the name of Fairchild, imported from England years ago, together with a Rolls Royce and a daughter named Sabrina. Which, that honestly could be pulled straight from the 54 one. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, But then we, because we, like, it's over this narration, we see her, like, she's, she's, uh, like, washing the car with her dad, and, but then Scarper's off to climb up the tree. To watch the party. To watch the party. And then the narration continues. Among other things, the Larrabees were noted for the parties they gave. Few people anymore give parties the way they did. It never rained on the night of a Larrabee party. The Larrabees wouldn't have stood for it. There was Maud Larrabee, who inherited the Larrabee Corporation when her husband when her husband died on the 13th hole at Pebble Beach. Maud was on the cover of Fortune. There was Linus, the older son, who graduated from Yale at 19 and took his mother and the company for a ride on the fiber optic highway and turned a $100 million family business into some serious money. Linus was on the cover of Time. But most of all, there was David, the younger son, who was in and out of many schools and even more relationships. He was handsome and charming and funny and romantic. David did a Gap ad. Yeah, and it tells you, like... 
because as we've talked about, like we were, I was an English major. You you did a lot of English major stuff too. I the, I, am, I am an English major at heart, even though I changed to journalism. The this I have a literature minor. Yeah, that's what I was trying. <laughs> this description is some of the best character introduction. Yes. In like a literature setting, I part of me wishes I could go back to film as lit and be like, "Hey, teacher, this right here, listen." Yeah, like it's so great mm-hmm. because she was on the cover of Forbes, he was on the cover of Time, David did a Gap yeah. ad, and, and it, it tells you about their characters yes. in just this quick succession. And also, I love Maud. Like I'm just state it, <laughs> Maud, Maud is, is so fam- great, is fabulous in this. Like I. I don't remember the mother from the 54 version. Like I have to be I don't honest. Either. I'd have to rewatch it. And it's been too long. I saw this movie when I was a kid because my mother, okay. My mother has a huge thing for Harrison Ford. So much. So spoilers for star Wars. So much. So that after, <laughs> after the force awakens, she was so bad. She I, has not watched a star Wars movie since i I remember you telling me about this like later after I had also seen the movie. I just like, I love your mother. And so hearing, hearing the reaction, it brought joy to my soul. She has not seen a star Wars movie since she, she sees a Kylo Ren, anything. (laughs) And she's like, that guy's awful. He killed, he killed. Nope. He's awful. He killed Han. That guy's awful. He killed Han. I was like, but mom, in the last movie, they kind of did a thing where like he thought he, like, he kind of redeemed himself. Nope. Doesn't matter. He killed him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No redemption. I'm I'm with your mother on this. No redemption. No <laughs> redemption is allowed. Between between Harrison Ford and Tom Selleck, that is my mom's like wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. That like uh, yeah. I and... grew up, my mother loved Harrison Ford and Tom Selleck <laughs> so much. I as a kid, like Yes, I watched I watched the Star Wars movies. I never cared so much about the men in Star Wars because I was like Leia. Yes. Yes. Carrie Fisher, my queen. Yes. <laughs> so I never paid that much attention to, I to Harrison. I was and Leia because I liked the Vanta. Mainly what I cared about in Star Wars when I was a kid was Leia and R2-D2. Fair. That's fair. So that, that, was, that was my space. That was my <laughs> bubble. That's what I cared about. Um. And the, so it's like, yes, it was like, like objectively, like logically I knew, yes, this is Harrison Ford, but it, I was like, okay, whatever. It's like, it's Harrison Ford, but I didn't particularly care as much. Like like now when it was, you know, Han encased in carbonite, like I was fascinated by that. And like (laughs) later Han, I'm like, I am here for a new hope Han. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. Um, but I fucking loved uh, the Indiana Jones movies. And I watched them all the goddamn time when I was a kid. Any Harrison Ford movie that, like, in the 90s, I watched the shit out of it. I'm talking, like, Air Force One. Oh, man, that's a big one in my family's house, Also, regarding Henry, do you remember that one? I remember that one, yes. Oh, my God, I watched it all the time. Like, I loved me a Harrison Ford movie in the 90s. And so this... Which just oh my god, he's so good. Well, and, and once again, we have Greg Kinnear. This is like the third or fourth time in that, like it feels like this, it's at least the second or third time in our watching. This is the third Greg Kinnear that we have had because he's in 
because we talked about him in uh, Someone Like You. Yes. Okay. And and we talked about okay, him in You've Got Mail. That's what I was thinking of with You've Got Mail. Yes. So third time he doesn't get the girl. Yeah. Like Greg Kinnear is always that secondary love interest that just doesn't quite measure up. Yes. <laughs> it's so it's... good. But, but yeah, so we get this introduction. And then dad comes over to the tree and tells her to get down. And because, she won't like, do it. She has to finish packing yeah. because she... Because she's leaving tomorrow. James Woods is the dad, but or uh, not Woods, John Woods. Sorry. So I was like, wrong person. I was like, shut your Jay mouth. Wood. I just saw Jay like, and, and anyway, we, John like, Wood is the dad is so great. Yes, and he like that that exasperated. I wonder if Paris is far enough. <laughs> like that that yes. like that like that Jay tells Wood, you like, so much. He's like, I've got to get her away from David. That is why he is sending her away. I like, the, the the line that yeah. he says that it it makes me so happy because. Her her dad says, Sabrina, the full-time observation of David Larrabee is not a recognized profession. Yeah. And yeah. it's, while they're having this conversation, it cuts into the party, and we see David doing his signature move. Yep. Which is, he gets a bottle of champagne, he takes two champagne flutes, and sticks them into, like, his the back, back into his back pockets, and then he meets his date in the solarium. Like, this is his move. He has perfected And a specific it. song plays. And a specific song. How can I remember you? No. Something like that. It's a specific I don't song. It's a song that I'm not really familiar she with. Requ- she mentions it later. Yeah, she mentions so. it later. And and so she... <laughs> so, like, David is on his way to... Like, on his way to the solarium to meet... Yeah. To meet this, you know, his flavor of the week and sabrina jumps down from the tree and startles him and he turns around and he's just like, oh it's just you sabrina and it's like you see her face and it's like a fucking knife to the heart that word it, just and he didn't mean anything bad by no. it it's just something fell behind like a person fell behind him he's like <laughs> yeah. oh it's just you okay it's not like yeah. i don't need to and then he goes i thought i heard somebody back here like yeah he, and he wasn't being like hateful no and as he walks away she goes no it's me it's just nobody yeah and that's not what he was saying at all he was like i thought i heard something back here yeah. like he wasn't trying to be i didn't take it as him trying to be like you're a nobody yeah but yeah so he, um he goes well, and his... yeah he he goes to meet his his date and she and her dad can continue this conversation you know her dad tells her like you've spent more you've spent more of your life up that tree than you have on solid ground yeah and this is where he mentions you know mrs larrabee getting her the job in paris and, you know, he's telling her that this time is going to be good for her. And she says, but what if he forgets about me? And her dad tells her, how can he forget someone he doesn't know exists? Yeah. And he tells dad. her, he's like, like, and he tells her, he's like, I, okay, that's not how I meant it. He's, but, you know, there, he tells her there's much more to you than this obsession. Yeah. And <laughs> Linus is at the party and we find out Linus is all work, no play. And, Always. And this this was a little detail that like, I mean, yes, I'd noticed it before, but it, the impact of it didn't hit me because at the party, like Maud comes up to Linus and it's like, okay, how could you fire? Like, did you fire so-and-so? And he says, yeah, he's an idiot. It's like, so I fired him and she's like, okay, his mother was my bridesmaid. She has been my best friend. And he's like, okay, whatever. Like it was business mother. It was like, it was, it was business. And so, and, but then, one of this is also just one of my like the drollness of Harrison Ford is on 
full display in this movie yeah. because you know he is on like he's saying like okay like well if you see david you know like tell him like i'm giving him back his suspenders but yeah put tell tell david i put his suspenders suspenders in back the closet. Yeah. and and so he's on his way in the house and his mother says but you'll you'll miss my fireworks it's okay mother i had a pony ride and got my face painted like his he is just <laughs> so Oh, it's so like just, you don't get to see Harrison Ford do this very often. Like we were talking about how how Bogey was playing a part he doesn't really play. This is not typically a Harrison Ford part. Har- not like the rich, wealthy businessman is not typically like rich and wealthy same thing. I know, but like the the wealthy businessman who's like droll like that. Droll, yes, Harrison Ford is droll in everything he's in. But yes. like, but like that like that little bit of wits and stuff like that. He yeah. doesn't get to display that. Like Indiana Jones is a witty, sassy I'm, okay. person. He all, yeah. He always plays very intelligent characters. Yes. But, you know, cause like, yes, like Indiana Jones. I'm like, I mean, the president of the United States. Oh man, I, mean, I love his character. I love his president. Air Force One. Yes. Man. You know, and you know, the, I mean, like God, I mean, he did a couple of other like Tom Clancy movies, didn't he? Uh, Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. Clear and Present. Uh, that was the one I, I can't remember. remember. There's another one. I mean, I but yeah, remember. he, you know, so he always plays like these very. Patriot sh- games? Was that him? I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But we, um, but yeah, so he, he, this is going to sound weird. I'm like other, yes. Okay. Straight up the Indiana Jones movies, like Star Wars, they are action adventure movies. Yes. Some of his other movies, they're action dramas. Yes. But then you and so like Witness and. Yes. And. Like this is about that around that same era. Around that same time, it's like, and like, like he's and, and like the fugitive in there too. Like oh, yeah. okay, the fugitive is one of my favorite movies of all fucking of time. I love it. Him and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh my god. Um, just the master class. Yeah. But the um, but you know it's he always plays these very, you know these very intelligent characters, and yes because it's Harrison Ford, there's always a bit of that droll kind of quality to them yeah but it's never so fully on display and yes harrison ford he all he always plays i'm trying to think of the way to phrase it he always plays a leading man yes he's he doesn't always play a romantic lead yes yes and so this this definitely feels like it's slightly left of center. It's slightly out of the box yeah. for Harrison Ford. Yes. But he makes it work so well. Well, because, like, the scene, he goes to put up the, the suspenders. <laughs> and he comes in, and David's room is a disaster. And he's the kind of guy who can't deal with that. Yep. So he is also going to hang up all of David's clothes that he has mm-hmm. left scattered everywhere. And, and Sabrina, from, yeah. from the, the chauffeur's quarters... Sabrina is packing for Paris and she sees the silhouette of Linus while mo- drinking from a bottle of sherry. I think that is important to note. Yes. Because she is a little tipsy. She, she's had some liquid so courage. She, yes. Um, but through, she sees the silhouette of Linus moving around in David's room. And so she's okay. David is back in his room. Like now's my chance. She goes over there planning to say her goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, 
And so as she comes into the room, which it takes her, it's, she's got a couple of false starts, like even getting into the room. Yeah. And she finally does. And she hears Linus moving around in the closet and he starts to come out and she tells him, no, just stay where you are. If you come out, I won't say this. Yeah. If you come out, I, I won't be able to say this. And he's just like, oh, okay. And he stays where he is. And, um, and so Sabrina starts her, her speech and she says, I know you won't think about me while I'm gone. You never thought about me while I was here. She, um, and there's, there's some stuff in the middle that I, I left out, but, um, but then she says, you know, you know, but David, like, no matter what anyone says, like, I think you're a wonderful person, kind and generous. And, you know, for what it's worth, you know, know that someone very far away is thinking of you. Like, so if there's ever anything that I can do, and at this point, Linus steps out and is like, could you bring me one of those little Eiffel Tower paperweights? <laughs> okay, so here's my thing about that scene. Yes. So we have already seen Linus be all business. Yes. He is always wrong-footed with Sabrina. Yes. A little bit. Like, a little bit more Just tender, a, a little yeah. bit more soft. Always. Yeah. Like, because he's he, like the face he makes while she's making this speech to David. He knows it. He to knows David. it's to David. He knows everyone. It seems like everybody in the house but David knows Sabrina's got a thing for David. Yes. And and so he's sitting there <laughs> listening to this. Da- David's not quite a himbo, but he's close. Yeah. So, but, but Linus is in there listening to this and he just gets this like look on his face. Like Sabrina, no. Like you can see like the Sabrina. He's like, oh, oh, Sabrina. Just honey, just, and then like she told him not to come out, and he he's like, "But I, I don't want this. Is, I'm uncomfortable with this. This is awkward. I don't like this." And so then finally he's like, "No, I'm gonna let her know she's not talking to my brother because it's not right." Like there is this like, as much as he has no morals, as much as he thinks morals are only <laughs> things you paint on a wall, which we hear that later. <laughs> we'll get to later. As much as he think, as much as he does that in business, uh-huh. this is personal, and he doesn't feel right. Because accepting Li- yeah. these words and from Linus, because Linus doesn't do personal. Yeah, so he does step out and he makes like that that he, joke. Yes, she's horrified. Try- yes, he was trying to like lighten the moment and like and yes. not make her feel horrible, which I appreciate. Yes, he was trying to make this young woman not feel but, okay. Massively Man, embarrassed. I, like I don't know what it was, but watching this, <laughs> because I, I had some like epic crushes. Yeah. in my teenage years. And so the, like, this scene of her, like, going into David's room and, like, trying to, like, pull up the courage to tell, like, the biggest, like, the, like, the biggest crush of her life how she feels and getting those words out and realizing you didn't say it to the person you meant to say it to. I don't know why, but it brought, like, I felt it hard. And I was like, oh, honey. And so she races out of the house and then, you know, packs up and leaves the next yeah. day. And so we get her, like, going like going to work at Vogue. We get a little bit of screwball comedy there. A yeah, because she's, she's not good at her job yet. Yeah, well, and she doesn't speak French. She doesn't speak French. So there's, like, there's, like, some, like, weird, wacky comedic moments that also further makes her feel like an outsider <laughs> also because like the woman um i've forgotten this woman's name martine i speak english very well yeah martine is is taking her around and like speaking very quickly but like the only like words that you ever like really catch her saying are um louboutins and uh, and manolos and some other brand of yeah. like like fashion brand of shoes that I can't remember. 
And those are like three words that you hear often repeated. And it is just like the utter confusion of like, Sabrina doesn't know what Louboutins are. Yeah. It's like, she doesn't know what Manolos are, but these words just keep getting thrown at her. And it's just, it's an absolutely disastrous like first day. And, and we get her on the phone to her dad a couple of weeks later and and he's like sabrina it's like you've only been there two weeks i am sure that not everybody in france thinks you're a total idiot she's like that's only because i haven't met them all um and we see in her room she's got she's got a giant cork board yeah and in the middle is david's gap ad (laughs) and it's a good like it's a good like 11 by 13 like it's not just like from a magazine it's like a poster uh, not like full poster it's like you know yeah um but yeah it is the centerpiece of her and we get and, and so he's telling he's talking to the servants dad is the other yeah. the other i can't say servants i hate that word but staff the other staff thank you i couldn't think of the right word you're welcome he's talking to the other ones the other staff in the room and you get paul giamatti being like no that poor kid like that's like the one line giamatti has in the whole thing. he has like three lines yeah and and because the the cook the head the head chef is talking to to uh, to Fairchild, John Wood, Fairchild, and it's like, well, how also is she? Goes oh, you know, she's she's okay. She thinks that her life's impossible to live without David. You know that. So no change. <laughs> and everybody, yeah. like, I love all of the staff. Rosa is amazing. Oh Rosa's yeah, hysterical. I I don't have much of Rosa just yet, but I have years ago. I yeah, and or, I come to this country, and no no no, it takes me eleven years, years before I feel comfortable. Thank you, Rosa. <laughs> like, like, why are you telling Basically, me? it's like it takes 11 years for me to stop crying. She reminded me of uh, Celia that we used to work yes! with in our cafeteria. I, no, I absolutely thought that, too. Celia was a wonderful uh, Filipino lady. I yes. Believe. Wonderful lady. Told the best stories. Absolutely. <laughs> in the same manner that this woman told Oh, stories. God. I, Celia, like, ran. Like, it didn't, we loved her. It didn't matter that there were other that there were other people who had, you know, over like various kind of, yeah. you know, um, areas, areas, you know, like yeah. yeah, departments of the kitchen. Like Celia ran that cafeteria. Yep. Oh my but god, she, she was Rosa amazing. Really like Rosa. Like it, yeah. I felt that in my soul. Like I was like, it oh, just, I miss she, Celia. It's the, they have the same vibe, and I love it. Yeah. But so. the um, but we like we have you know like things kind of start moving forward for Sabrina a little bit. Like the photographer, uh, Louie, he asks, he asks her for a drink. They go to a club and they go dancing and you see her, she slowly starts kind of covering up edges of David's picture. And in the meantime, David (laughs) is dating a pediatrician from a mega rich family. A doctor like Elizabeth Tyson. Yes. And he, he comes to his brother and he says, make me look good. And he's like, you know, do what you have to do, exaggerate, whatever, lie, lie, just, just lie, lie about yeah. me. And they're getting, Ma, at that point, Maude and Linus are getting in the car and he goes, so you guys work Sundays now? Cause he's like in full tennis regalia. Yeah. He's like you guys work Sunday now? It's, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, David. David. <laughs> that line has stayed in my brain forever. Like it's always, know. also in the world we now live in, <laughs> feels much more realistic. <laughs> Than in the '95 world, yeah, like but it tells you so much about the characters once again. Yeah, David thinks it's Sunday, but we see them meet Elizabeth, and and sure enough, they do talk her up, and Linus immediately starts buying up Tyson stock, stock. because yeah. he Tyson has a 
revolutionary new kind of plastic that they make a TV out of that you could like shoot it with a gun and nothing happens. It is indestructible. <laughs> I, yeah. We, we get to that a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, but I was just like, like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's just, excited by this prospect. He immediately sees the opportunity yeah. that David, for once, is doing something helpful. Yes. Um, kind of in the meantime, we get some of Sabrina back in Paris. Yeah. Louis is, like, teaching her, like, photography. And, like, and she, she's kind of, which is, I just, I love it. I, as, like, I, I'm an amateur photographer. So having a photographer in a movie, I'm like, aha, I identify. Anyway. Um. <laughs> But she she runs into kind of her boss's boss, basically. Yeah, her like head supervisor or whatever, and it's a woman named Irene. And um and I can't like she mentions David or something. Is this the same David you casually mentioned fifty or sixty times? Yeah, forty or fifty times when like when you first came over. And I love this line. And she's like Irene says, He sounds like an illusion. Illusions are dangerous people. They have no flaws. And Irene, she kind of gives Sabrina a roadmap for finding herself. You know, she talks, like Irene talked about when she first came from Provence, that she, you know, she would go to this little cafe and she would drink her coffee and, and, and then like she would journal every day and, you know, she would walk all over Paris and that, um, and that in that time, like she met herself in Paris. Yeah. And, and I love this comment that this kind of parting comment that she says to Sabrina, she says, you seem embarrassed by loneliness, by being alone. It's only a place to start. It's, it's a, so good. It's yeah. a great line. And I love because it. We get to the point now where Sabrina, we, we, we don't see a, as much more with her anymore, Yeah. but we do see that she's beginning to do that. Like she's traveling, she's going more by herself places mm-hmm. and she's walking everywhere and journaling and, we kind of see that stuff with her and Sabrina you get short through the shorthand is now okay with being Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Like she has reached a point. She has changed. Mm-hmm. She is okay with being who she is. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. Like self-discovery for the win. Yes. And then while that's happening, we get Elizabeth, <laughs> David, and David, David and Elizabeth there. He basically it's like you gather because David is in like in the hospital waiting for Elizabeth and he's in a tuxedo. You gather they had plants and he starts to undo his ties. He's like, he's realizing kind of laughing like, at himself. Yeah. At the because you gather like they had plans. Something came up at work and, and so their plans got sidelined. You, you find out later she saved a five-year-old kid. Yeah. She like, saved a kid's life. And, and so she kind of comes out of this exam room, like where this family and, and child are. And, um, and so David is just, she's like, I am so sorry about dinner. And he's like, that's okay. You know, so he's like, how about we go back to your place? Like I'll run you a hot bath and like make you, you know, an omelet and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and, and she, you know, I can't remember what it is she said. I didn't get that part, but, but, you know, they're having this conversation. How are you so great or something? That yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, but he, um, but he's like, okay, like, what do you, like, a hot bath and an omelet are on par with saving a five-year-old kid's life. And she's like, it'll save my life. And I love this line because it is so telling about David. She says, it'll save my life. And he says, God, you're easy on me. And, and then she kind of, she's like, okay, well, then why don't you marry me? Okay. Why don't I? Okay. Don't kid about stuff like that. Okay. Why don't I? 
and he's very emphatic about it. And she's like, okay, are you sure you know what it is? <laughs> and his response, I love it. He's like, yeah, it's, it's that thing where you hang out together a lot and sleep in the same room and button each other's hard to reach buttons. <laughs> and so basically Elizabeth is like, Okay, good enough. <laughs> I accept. So it's like I accept. She she essentially proposed to him. She essentially proposed to him. Or at least brought but the made him think about it. I I love that you know it's like she says I accept and he goes really why? Because it, it tells it, you so much about David. It it tells you so much about David that everybody realizing like David has always had this like overwhelming potential yeah and he's never bothered to do anything with it yeah and so it's not like people still have expectations for david it's not like because we've talked about other characters like like people having no expectations for them yeah people have expectations for david they've just stopped expecting him to live up to those expectations yeah. i mean it's it's a yeah it's a fine difference. It's, you know, there's a fine line, but, but the idea that like, Oh, Oh shit. Like, like somebody is actually like calling me on my bluff and like, ex going to expect me to follow through. Yeah. And so he kind of, uh, the next thing we really see with him is him coming, storming into Linus's office. He, conf Linus he confronts Linus. Larger. Yeah. Because the fact that there's going to be a merger between the two companies. Because you you did you encouraged them with Elizabeth for just so that you could yeah, do this. To, to I could go to hell for the lies I told about you. My favorite line. And then, but then David, it really comes out that David's freaking out because he doesn't think he's good enough. Yeah. For her, like you know, I'm not in any position to take care of a wife. Elizabeth's a doctor and a millionaire. David, she won't <laughs> be, be a burden. burden. She, uh, you don't deserve her. Like. Mm -hmm. But she appears to love you. And doesn't that make you worry about her mental health? Like, uh -huh. David is freaking out for yeah. multiple reasons. Like, commitment is a big thing. Yep. But also, like, it's like, well, like, David, you find this out throughout the course of the movie. David has such a massive inferiority complex. He mm -hmm. doesn't he doesn't deserve her because, like you said, he's done nothing with that potential yeah. that he knows everybody expects of him. Mm -hmm. Had these expectations that now they've largely given up. Like, like uh, at least Linus has. Yeah. They, they, largely Linus doesn't push and him anymore. You, Linus has, and Linus brings that up. He brings that up in this conversation. He goes, you know, you went to law school. You never took the bar. You went to business school. I, you have an office here. You don't do anything with it. Yeah. I can't do anywhere near the office. You studied languages. You don't speak instruments. You don't play. Yeah. You have a series of girlfriends. You never see more than twice. Do you not see a pattern here? Finish something. Yeah. And I, I love because David tries to turn the tables on him. He's like, who are you? Like, who are you to lecture me about closeness? Your idea of a long-term relationship is giving your date a chance to order dessert. And Linus is like, I don't have time for dessert. I'm too busy with this company. You're a grown man, David. Finish something. Elizabeth Tyson is the best thing that ever happened to you. And you told me so yourself. Yep. And um, so, so David is now locked in and we're, <laughs> we are already seeing a more subdued David. Yes. And then, like, we get the letter, uh, dad gets the, or we, we hear the letter, rather, from Sabrina that she's coming home. Yeah. And she happens to be coming home the day, like, that well, it's a mod's party, birthday party. But. Well, we have, hold on, there's, there's this, um, there's a little, like, a little bit in here that I want to talk yeah. about. First of all, this, we, um, Sabrina's dad hasn't told her about the engagement. Oh, yeah. 
he hasn't told her about the engagement. And he's like, how do I break that news to her? And this is my favorite Rosa moment. Yeah. <laughs> because Rosa says, you say, darling Sabrina, la vida es sueño. Your life is a dream and now it is over. <laughs> yep. And um, and so her dad, Fairchild, he writes to Sabrina. And this is a moment. I appreciated this moment yeah. so much because she tries to kind of move things forward with Louis. Because we've already learned from Irene that Louis is crazy about Sabrina. Yes. Louis is Sabrina, there's something holding her back and that thing is David. And she, you know, so she tries to physically progress things. With they're Louis. making out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they're, they're making out of the bed. I mean, he's got his hands on her boobs. Um, but you know, he realizes her heart isn't in it. And he tells her, you know, like, whatever is going on, I would like to help. But whatever you have to fix, you won't fix in bed. You have to fix it here. And he taps on the forehead. And can I just say, in the 90s, thank God for having a male character who understands the concept of enthusiastic consent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Louis, even from, like, because I saw this movie when I was probably 10 or 11. Yeah. And, yeah, Louis has always been a character that I loved. Even though we we get so little of Louis. So little. Just that one scene right there. Yeah. And also he likes Sabrina for Sabrina. Yeah. Like he likes the, like he sees her being good and helpful and stuff on set. And he immediately asks her out like the second or third day he sees her. Yeah. And like, he's just, he's, he teaches her. He's, he's unafraid of that, of that side of things. He's so kind. Mm Mm-hmm. And and that does like I think that this movie does a really good job of showing kind men. Yes. It because like and once again that is not a typical mid nineties rom com no. thing. Because is because to show these men being so David yeah. like David is the scuzziest man in this movie, but even he like he's not that scuzzy. Yeah, like they they went back through with with this going. How can we make this character sympathetic? Well, he actually does think he's in love. Like, yeah, he actually falls. He falls in love hard and fast. And then because I doesn't say this in the movie, this is Michelle contextualizing. (laughs) But because of this inferiority complex, of course, no relationship is going to last because he won't let it. Yeah. And Linus never pushed him before to stay with anyone else Mm -hmm. because it didn't matter to hit to you know, a billion dollar merger. So, Mm -hmm. so why would he, he's not good enough for anybody. And and so he's, of course, he's going to like, fall out of love mm-hmm. with this person because they're all better than him in his yeah. mind. Whether that's true or not, the whole other yeah. thing. And and women are going to see him as a womanizer, even if he's not, mm-hmm. because that's what they want to see. It, it's, it's the Johnny Castle. In, in a way, he's, yes. he, because Johnny has an inferiority complex. We've talked about Dirty yes. Dancing. And Johnny, sorry, I'm going away. No, I love it. But, <laughs> but you, you made me think of a thing. Too. Johnny's thing is the same thing. Like he, he isn't as good as these women. And so these women use him as ass. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of what you could like, that is conceivably something that mm-hmm. could have happened with David. Mm-hmm. Not that it, we know that contextually. This is all me just yeah. taking things it's, and putting it in my mind, my mind palace. I'm Yeah. I'm going to make a reference that only you are going to understand, and maybe my mom, if she ever gets around to figuring out how podcasts work Hi, and, mom. and listens. Um, <laughs> but referencing my favorite books of all time, like the David Eddings, Belgariad uh-huh. series, and those characters, you have the character Belgariath, who is like known for like crazy debauchery yeah and but at some point like like and he does like go off the rails at some point and like basically spends like 
a lot of time with his head in like ale barrels. Yeah. But he comes out of that and he essentially sobers up. But from then on, it's like he still kind of has a reputation to live up to. Yeah. And and they're like he makes a point. He's like, I have spent a lot of my life in taverns holding cups of ale and everybody just assumes that I'm drinking it. Yeah. And that's kind of the vibe that I get from David of he spends a lot of time kind of schmoozing women and and putting on this act, but it's not necessarily like, you know. It, like I said at the beginning, it's, they're not a notch in his bedpost. They aren't, yeah. He genuinely is looking for connection. Yeah. And, and granted, that can for also how, be like, a how pain it, in itself. Yes. But the way it is portrayed in this is is David is genuinely looking for someone. Yeah. He's genuinely looking for that other person in his life. And yeah. I, I, they, like I said, they could have gone a whole other way with that. Yeah. Because so frequently in movies, we get that womanizer character. Yeah. That is just looking for another notch in the bedpost. That is just, you know, doesn't, doesn't care about mm-hmm. the feelings and of I the mean, people behind him. The nineties, the nineties were rife with them. Yeah. I was going to say for, for as much toxic masculinity as in the nineties, they do a pretty good job in this movie of like undercutting it. Yeah. Which, I mean, and maybe it was partially written by a woman. Mm-hmm. So that the only woman on there that was Barbara, yeah. Barbara Benedict, who wrote the adaptation, which I don't, which because I think the '54 one is more, is more like men. Well, yeah, and, but this was we were we were also in the '90s where we were softening our hero men. We were in, but, in a yeah. lot of ways, not not in a bad way, just we were beginning to like. We didn't necessarily want that rough edge. We wanted to see the vulnerable side. Well, yeah, and you, like, you meant, I don't know why this popped into my head, but, like, having mentioned Swayze with Dirty Dancing, it, that that's more of an 80s, but then, you like, getting into the 90s, you ha- and, like, you have all of, like, the action stuff that he did, like, the Roadhouse kind of characters, yeah. but then you have Ghost. Ghost, yeah. <laughs> and, like, now, like, I'm suddenly trying to, I mean, there were plenty of other, like, you know, there were, there were plenty of other like sleazebag, like leading men or like romantic lead characters. Yes. But near the same timing. Okay. Yes. D'Artagnan. Uh-huh. I love Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. And 93. We, we talked about Three Musketeers. You know, I love me some D'Artagnan, but D'Artagnan it, is a notch in his bedpost until he meets, until he, he meets the Con- uh, Constance. Constance. Yeah. There, he isn't, he, he's like, do you want to give me something to remember her by? Like, it's all right. Yeah. Like that type of dude, bro, is what yeah. they could have made it, it, David it into. Feel, it but feels like. But play it that way. It kind of feels like we had, <laughs> like, a lot of, you know, the, the skeezics kind of, like, leading men of, you know, the 80s. And it softens a bit in early 90s. And it goes like the leading men become a little more like that, like romance novel leading men. Yeah. And then we start getting into the late 90s and it changes again. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's everything's a pendulum. I mean, we like we still have some winners. We've still yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, it's a pendulum. Like there's, yeah, there's there, always. It's just. We're always it's a constant one way battle. Or the other. Yeah. Um, but we, we have. Now, like, we have preparations are underway for Maud Larrabee's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, David has to go into town to pick up the little Picasso that he's had gift wrapped for Maud. How much did that cost me? I don't Love know. It. Like, um, that once and... again, so much about David Linus. How much did that cost me? I don't know. I bought Mama Picasso. Like, yeah. like I don't know how much um, it costs. But the, so he goes into town to have, like, to pick it up. And this is where he sees the now fully made over 
Sabrina. She's got a, she's got her hair cut. She's in like she like a Parisian... okay. She has gone from like having hair <sighs> like down to like the middle of her back um, to kind of like a bob. I mean, it's like not quite a pixie cut. It's like yeah. a shaggy pixie cut. It was it was very nineties, like the curls, the, the, yeah. the the curl type thing like it was a very 90s haircut and then in those beautiful um pantsuits i mean if anybody's watched like season two of stranger things like 11's hair like picture yeah, that sort of that um but yeah she's in these like beautiful uh, like, pantsuits I mean, that make she... her legs look like they go 100 100 like they look I... like paul bettany's length of legs <laughs> like <laughs> Sorry. we were talking wandavision before we started yeah so, so yeah, like the, that's what I, my brain like. Yeah, well, it's because she's gone from wearing like your typical like, kind of like dresses, like your typical kind of like baggy like early '90s clothes with like the the kind of like baggy tops or like the baggy blouses and like the like the floor length skirts and yeah. like things that are absolutely shapeless to having something like exquisitely tailored. Yeah. From France, <laughs> and like the bi- the beautiful big like hats. Ha- oh yeah, yeah. And, I mean, th- and... like this this is her one of like a couple of like Audrey Hepburn moments that she gets. Yes, because I like Audrey Hepburn. If nothing else, the woman was a fashion icon. Absolutely. And so this is one of those moments of like, okay, this is like a perfectly tailored suit. Like, a perfectly tailored, like, French fashion, like, couture outfit. Yeah. Like, with the hat, like, everything exquisitely tailored, like, to make her look perfect. And David doesn't recognize her. Nope. So, da- like, David's like, wow, this is a beautiful woman. And she she, <laughs> she talks to him. She's like, hey, how, how are you? She's like, yeah, how are you doing? I'm, I'm back. I can see that. Yeah. And he has, he has no clue. Like, he still doesn't recognize her, but, like, he offers to give her a lift. And they're in the car. She goes, you have no idea who I am, do you? Like, she's loving this a little bit because, like, number one, it means David sees her. Yes. But also, she has known David, we find out later, since she, she was, was two. two. Like, it's not like they're, they've known each other, like, two or three years. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. She has been her whole life mm-hmm. <laughs> around the Larrabees. Um, I, he can, doesn't recognize can her. Can I just Great. point out, like, the tiniest little detail? Uh-huh. When David comes out to his Ferrari, like, Sabrina, like, she gets off the bus. She notices David's Ferrari and starts, like, looking around for him. And, <laughs> <A ticket. laughs> and he's got a parking ticket under his windshield wiper. I had never noticed that he drives back to the house with that parking ticket still he's there. so enamored with Sabrina. That, just, that he doesn't even me, notice it. It made me laugh watching that thing just like flutter in yep. the wind. Um, but so they, they drive home and he's like, give me a hint. Oh no, this is way too much fun yeah, for me. He, and she's like, don't forget to you know, turn off on your driveway. Like he's trying to figure yeah. out who she could be and how he, how this beautiful woman could exist in his neighborhood and he's never seen her. <laughs> right. And and they pull up into the house and he's like inviting her to Maude's party. He invites her to the party. And, and I love... just walks out. Hey, Sabrina, you look good. <laughs> <laughs> David is beyond flabbergasted. Like, once again, Linus, and I'm going to bring this up again later, Linus always remembers Sabrina. Yeah. Linus notices Sabrina. And not necessarily for creepy reasons, because I do think he falls in love with her more, more now. Yes. But he was always aware of her. He always yeah. had an affection for her. That day, and, and so did Maude. David, just, yeah. he missed her completely. <laughs> he, it's so funny to me. But, and so now... 
now that her cover has been blown, Sabrina is like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta see my dad. Bye. Yeah. And I'll so, come back for my bags later. Like, and so she bamps and da- like David is just like, Sabrina? Sabrina! Like, and you keep saying that, David. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but David, like, watches her leap. And this is one of my favorite, like, lines. She goes, David? No. No. No! <laughs> David, no. Like, down. Bad puppy. Bad! <laughs> it's literally like spraying a puppy with, like, a, with like water. And and so then um, she's, she's, we see Paul Giamatti carrying her bags in for her. Yeah. And she's hugging everybody, and then she's and talking. handing out, like, souvenirs yeah. and, and things like that. Gives her dad his souvenirs, which are cute. Yeah, and, um, and so then, like, she takes out a gown. She's like, oh, I wonder, you know, if this will, yeah, yeah if, if the out. wrinkles, yeah. and, like, hang out and blah, blah, blah. And, and he's like, oh, what? She's like, oh, yeah, David invited me to the party. I mean, he didn't know it was me when he invited me, but. And her dad is, like, he's very, just like. He doesn't like it. Yeah. He sent her away to get over this David nonsense. And what happens the moment she's back? Just David. cannonballs right back into it. Um, But then then this is, I, I would say, like, the second, like, Audrey Hepburn moment. It's like, yeah. after, after this, she's just in kind of, like, standard, like, 90s fashion. It you know it's still like very it's less couture after this yeah point. It's, it's more still tailored clothes and stuff like that but it's yeah less, like, i mean it's just if she's more of like an she's dressed in like kind of 90s like business i mean she is in kind of like um like monochrome kind of like suits but now like from this point everything it's it goes back to being that kind of baggy kind of like 90s comfortable yeah, yeah. you know where like um you know, like the suits. You know, the, the suits have like movement to them. She does like a lot of vests. Yeah, yeah. she does like vests and things like that. Um, and still those kind of like um, I can't think of the word. I'm literally just blanking. But you know, like her her blouses are like baggy is not the word I'm looking for, but they're they're not as like form fitting. It, but it's literally like she has this tailored suit, and then she has this exquisite dress. With the with this kind of bejeweled, um, like bolero, jacket, like yeah. bolero jacket, like a kind of shrug over it, and <laughs> rewatching this movie, this like like that shot of her in this gown, this is one of those moments of like, oh yeah, I should have realized things about myself a long time ago. <laughs> it's like I just it was like my like jaw on the floor. I'm, Hi, pretty. <laughs> that dress is beautiful. It is so like, oh god, it's gorgeous. Um, and, and the way they light her in those scenes, so that the spark, the the shrug the, sparkles. Yes, it it the, the lighting is so well done. In the, oh, in those it's so scenes. great. Um, um, but then like my favorite moment is she walks to the edge <laughs> and she's just looking, and David walks over and holds his hand across the threshold. Yes. Of, of the gate and pulls her into his world. Yes, I. There's something about that, like Sydney Pollack. Mwah. There's something about that yeah. visual imagery that just like got like I do pause the movie and just appreciate it. Yeah, because basically, like the way that the, the tree that she always hit up in that she kind of stops by is by like a trellis that enters the back garden, the backyard, yeah. and so David comes and stands like right next to this trellis and invites her in. And I love. And there's just something because, about that moment because she's coming from the chauffeur's quarters she's coming from from staff quarters yeah. and so it's dimly lit yeah 
And so she literally steps out of this, like the dim, the dimness of like the very flat dimness of the, the, the staff area and David pulling her into like this exquisite brightness of his world and this party and this party. And it is every literally pulling her into the dream of mm-hmm. everything that she has ever wanted. And important to note, Elizabeth is out of town for the week. Yes. That is super important to Elizabeth, note. <laughs> yes. Important to note at this point, Elizabeth is at a conference at, at UCLA. Now, her parents are at this party, but she is not here. Yes. It's important to note that just for for what else happens. Because yes. David has essentially brought a date to Maud's birthday. Yeah. So they and, – and he is by her side. Like, he is sticking by her side. And she feels, once again, that awkwardness we talked about. Like, she starts feeling out of place. And, mm-hmm. And uncomfortable. And he goes, here, hands her glass of hey, drink this really fast. It'll make it all better. Yeah. And then he has to talk to somebody else for a second. And Rosa comes up and, and gives her shrimp and kind of winks at her. She's like, $23 a pound. Like, eat, eat it. it. Eat it before it's gone. So, and, so she, you know, she has her, I think, a shrimp. And, and I don't, she made a, like, at the very beginning of the movie, when, when, uh, when she was in the tree watching David with his date. The woman made David laugh and she yeah. comments on that. And so in this moment, she says something just offhandedly yeah. while she's trying to like, oh, while she, about a party she went to. In, in, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Rothschild. And that's what it was. And, um, but she, you know, she's kind of still like anxiously, like trying to like guzzle the champagne and she says something offhandedly and David laughs and you see the effect of that wash over her yeah and it like my because like one no joke one of my like my favorite like i don't i really don't think i'm that funny but there, like there have been a few times that like stand out in my mind when like i have made you or my mom or <laughs> Anne laugh and it is like the greatest high in yeah. the world like you can cut this out i'm not gonna lie when when we were watching the second season of Iron Fist, and I can't, you made some comment. He's like something about chasing the dragon, and I just deadpan said, "Like that's an opium joke, kids." And you died, and I was like, "I've won! <laughs> like I have, like I have it's, won everything." It's that same thrill that, like, this this is for me personally. That yeah. same, making someone that you care about laugh. Yeah, is that same thrill is like getting the like okay on my story like yes. you tell me that my story made you laugh or cry it's, and yes, i'm it's, like it's like yeah so it's, happy it's literally like getting ao3 kudos and comments yeah it or just... a comment on youtube video that i made or, yeah yeah it's... any of that yeah <laughs> it's that same like that feeling of yeah making someone and like i don't think i'm that funny either but like when i was dating josh yeah like, or or any other guy that i've ever had a crush on yeah and you make that guy laugh mm-hmm. and smile at you mm-hmm. and only see you for that moment yeah yeah, like she she plays it, that moment to perfection. Like the look on her face, the the shock followed swiftly by the 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 kind of like what's the right way? Of I don't it? know. But yeah, that because she's shocked when he first laughs. Like she's yeah. full on like that was funny. That was funny. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Check mark. Mission accomplished on that one. But but then David like pulls her out to the dance floor. Maud comes over first, I guess, because Maud's like Sabrina. I did not recognize you at first oh my gosh yeah and and then i guess no linus tells her it's linus is standing next to her when when she realizes it's sabrina and yeah and and he goes yeah you know, she just got back from paris 
uh, yesterday or whatever. So Maude and like she talks to Maude for a few seconds, and then David and, and meanwhile David's future in laws are like, who that woman? Who that woman? Who that? The dad especially. Who that? What yeah, is the dad's name is Patrick. Yeah. What is happening? Why is that happening? What? 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 And David whisks her out onto the dance floor, and and they're dancing and. and Maud says, he's known since she was two years old. She's practically like a sister. I have a sister. sister. We do not dance like that. <laughs> and, and so she and David are having, and he plays La Vie on Rose. He has them play La Vie on Rose for her. Uh, yeah. To celebrate her coming back from France. Yeah. And, and then they're dancing and another and song I've, comes on. Yeah. I've, I, have, I've, I love some of this dialogue of while they're dancing. Yeah. Um, he tells her, he's like, I should have paid more attention to you. I don't know what I was thinking of. Yourself. Like it just it feels so good to hold you, does it? Do you know how beautiful you are? No, you're dazzling. Suddenly back in my life and dazzling. I don't think you realize what you've done to me. Well, then you better tell me. You're changing everything, and I love like it is such. It's such a line of foreshadowing, mm-hmm. like you're changing everything. And the dreamy quality he says it in that way. Yes, it and way. and he tells her, he tells her, he's like, you're absolutely transformed. And she says, and you're exactly the same. You were perfect. You still are. And it's, I'd like there, I don't like there's something to this moment. There's something like something deeper below the surface about like, and I, I don't quite know what it is, but it just, um, but David, he wants to go somewhere um, where, they where, where they can talk. And I love this line. He says, I haven't seen you in years. I'm not sure I ever saw you. And, and so she kind of gets him to like dust off his signature move. She's like, well, the solarium with, you know, you always go with, with wine yeah, in the and, solarium with champagne and, and, and with, with champagne, you know, you, you put your glass in the back pocket of your jacket. Pretty sure my jacket doesn't have back pockets. And, you weren't paying and, attention. Yeah. And he finds it charming that she yeah. knows his moves. I like that. He didn't get like offended at it. He yeah. found it charming. Meanwhile, Maud, <laughs> Maud is getting progressively worried because she knows that David face. Yes. And, and so, so Linus is in a meeting Li- and she's like, no, 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 okay. no, out, out, Hold out, on, out, Talking out. about Linus being in a meeting, can I just say, I appreciate in movies that thing of where everything is like perfectly still in the foreground and there's chaos happening in the background. Like perfect example, yeah. like one of the amazing Spider-Man movies <laughs> of like Stan Lee with like the headphones on and like jamming to some music and in the background, like Spider-Man and whatever villain yeah. are just like destroying this room. It's one of my favorite things. And I love that in the midst of this party, you see through the window, occasionally Linus with, foreign investors and like he's taking a fire poker and like beating the shit out of this television <laughs> taking a, and then take taking like a blowtorch to it it's to show that nothing nothing hits it it's to show it's, that it is indestructible it makes i laugh so fucking hard every time yeah. but Maud herds them out of the room and then point and, and like we don't hear what she's saying we just see her gesticulating out the door at at what like, is happening. Yes, and so Linus intercepts David and pulls him inside. Yeah, David has invited her to the solarium and, <laughs> and so she's meeting him. And there. they're basically like like David, like, what the fuck are you doing? And and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking you know, it's like it's Sabrina's just, just an old friend. Yeah. And I love this. Linus Linus is vicious and I love it. Yes. Anyway, yeah. 
but my favorite bit Maude, in this, yep. Maude, Maude tells David, she's like, David, you're like a son to me. I am your, your son. son. <laughs> it's like, I endured 21 hours of hard labor to bring you into this world. The doctors begged me to take drugs, but I wouldn't do anything to hurt my child. I've changed my mind. <laughs> Like do anything to ruin, do She's anything to ruin me. things with Elizabeth. I'll kill you. And and but David Linus the, has noticed the cups. In he his has back noticed pockets. the champagne flutes. Yeah, yeah, in in his back pockets. And um and then this is where David admits that he thinks he's falling in love with Sabrina. And it and, wouldn't be fair to Elizabeth. Yeah, and you know, like it wouldn't be fair to Elizabeth that you just continue to do the charade, you know, kind of thing. Um and. And like I said, Linus notices the champagne glasses and he tells David, she's talking about Sabrina. She's lived her whole life in that garage with her nose pressed against the glass or in that tree watching us at parties. Because David knew, or because Linus knew. knew. Sorry, I love that. He says, it's like, and now you invite her to one. You're in your Rolex jacket or whatever. You tell her to meet you in the solarium. She knows you're going to show up with a bottle of champagne. She knows what's coming. The jet to Martha's Vineyard, the cottage full of food and flowers. Flowers, house seats to some sold-out show, drinks at the Carlisle. A day or two of that, and she would fall for Noriega. Which, I I was like, Noriega. Who was that again? I had to look it up. Panamanian dictator. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but And this is when Linus makes David sit down. Knowing full well what he's doing. Linus yes. knows he is the only person in the room who knows what he is doing. Yes. Because <laughs> Ma doesn't know. And, and for this moment, uh, David has forgotten the, the cups and his. The, the, He's forgotten the flutes, the flutes yeah. So he like sit down, David. Sit down. David voluntarily sits down, and then howls in pain. Yes, as we he hear sits the cracking of the flute on the glasses. And, and Maud firmly believes to the to, to the end of the movie, as far as we know, that, that some someone guess. just set those down on the chair. I'm like if you're so gonna funny. set something down, who puts it on a chair anyway? Um, but, so they have to go get the doctor, and David is going to be rushed to the hospital for stitches. But David is emphatic, and he's like, Sabrina is waiting. I love that. Yes. He does not for a moment think more about himself than he does about the fact that there is yeah. someone waiting. He cannot leave Sabrina waiting. And so Linus offers to take care of her. I'll take care of it. And so he goes, Linus goes to Sabrina with the champagne. This scene. <laughs> Michelle I is just speculating wildly, guys. Sorry. I love this scene desperately. Anyway, yes. Um, but why Sabrina. We can actually film our podcast, by the way. Huh? I gesticulate way too much for us to ever film our podcast. <laughs> anyway. I mean, like, I, we both do. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, I've got my hand, like, my yeah. hand, like, right now. I'd probably knock the camera over with how wide mine have been today. <laughs> anyway. I mean, it's like if if my camera filmed in longer than twenty minute chunks, I would absolutely do it. Um, but you know, this is like Sabrina. Obviously, she's surprised to see Linus. She asks what happened. He tells her, and um, and she's like, "Oh, I should I go to him?" And he's like, "Oh no, you can see him tomorrow." But then this is where kind of pieces start to fall into place, and she says, "They've sent you to deal with me, haven't they?" Um, and he's like, "They." But she she says, they send you to the unsuitable waitress or showgirl or chauffeur's daughter. like, And you say, the family is prepared to offer you $100,000 to stay away from their son. No, she says, $150,000. And he chimes in, $200,000. Like he's taken his place in the role now. Yes, he's taken his place. And then she says, no. And then he says, 
a million. A self-respecting lawyer would offer less. The the delivery that he gives, like there is, like he does mean this, but also he knows how much Sabrina's worth already. Yes, he says a million. No self-respecting lawyer would offer less, and she replies, "No self, no self-respecting waitress would take it." Good girl. (gasps) And then he's like, "This is all a message from David." (laughs) <laughs> well, and she, yeah. I love this because she says, I've loved him all my life. I thought it was over. And he's, and he just kind of surprise, surprise. And she says, you don't object, object to you. Look at you. It's as though a lovely breeze has swept through this whole house. Even though the breeze comes from the general direction of the garage. It's the nineties, Sabrina. And, you know, there's this heat between them already. Yes. And- that thank you for yes and it's there and and like he you know they he he pours the champagne and and like they're they're drinking and he starts to dance with her he's like part of the message from david like he keeps yeah well it's like she she, yeah she mentions that she's always wanted to dance in here with david and he says well it's all in the family that's what it is and so so he takes her in his arms and like they start to dance and she says you know, in all these years, you know, in all those years, I never saw you do this. Meet a girl here with champagne. And he says, well, I never have before. And she said, you've never had to before. And, and he says, is it impossible to believe? I just want to dance with the prettiest girl at the party. And she thanks him for the compliment and says, yes, it is impossible. And he says, well, then you don't know me. Oh, I almost forgot the rest of the message from David. And he kisses her and she slaps him. Now here's my, Thing with this part uh-huh because like and this is my question for kind of the whole thing okay where does the moment he stopped pretending because that kiss was not a pretend that kiss was him lost in that moment in my mind because he would not i've have never really her. i've never really thought about it i don't think he would have kissed her at that moment because he pushed her too far because after she slaps him he pulls back and goes i needed that yeah like that brought him back to what he was supposed to be doing there is something about sabrina in this moment I I think I think may, like that's a, I think that maybe that plants a seed. Yeah. For me, I, I meant like he's still definitely pretending for a big portion. Yes. But like in this moment, there is a moment where he lost it. Yes. And and he he went like he kept playing this like it's all from David, but also he was genuinely when dancing with her the way they're looking at each other that like I said that heat mm-hmm. that is between them. And then he kisses her and says, it's the rest of the message from David. And she's like, no, no, sir. Like, she mm-hmm. slaps the crap out of him. And she then she feels awful because she's left her handprint on his face. <laughs> I was like, dang, get it, girl. But yeah, but yeah like, there's, there's a moment in there where he lost the plot. And then he pulls himself back together because she slapped him and he, he I, actually needed that. See, this is because, in, like, immediately after she leaves he calls his secretary yes. and tells her tells her to like coordinate with David's secretary. And so basically to me it's he's operating out of David's playbook. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I to me in this moment like I think him I don't know if to me it's necessarily him getting lost in this moment as it is a calculation of he's doing what he thinks David would do. And he miscalculated. And he miscalculated. I, I thought for just for like a second. Yeah. When they're dancing, he kind of. See, to me, I don't necessarily feel it here for me because. It's more at Martha's Vineyard. No, not even there for me. For oh. me, it's at the Moroccan restaurant. I see that too. 
Yeah. Like at the like at the vineyard. We'll get there in a second. But yeah. yeah. For me at the vineyard, it's more to me the vineyard feels like, like that's more of a moment of self discovery because she's telling that's him fair. because she's telling him things about himself and and like and she's starting to open the door for him. Um yeah. whereas like to me at the Moroccan restaurant, it it just I'll get into it in a yeah. little bit, but I'll I'll give my reasons for it. But this, um, but I like I said he's gonna he's you know calls his secretary to have her liaise with David's secretary, um, because all this woman does is you know that's all she does is plan the like getaways these, for David. Yeah, these getaways um and romantic gestures for David, and um and then he calls David's doctor and basically wants David kept high and or sedated. <laughs> Putting on morphine. Okay, not morphine. Something like, like we can't just put it. You don't. Well, you don't do that. <laughs> which is because then he mentions you know something like I don't know, like a halcyon, which I meant to look it up because like I'm. But they've never proven that. Yeah, yet. and he's like, they've never proven that. I was like, what the fuck are you doing to your brother? Like he but, wants his brother kept out of it, like drugged up and and out. He he wants him high and or sedated the whole time. He needs, he needs that um, piece off the board while he's yeah, playing this game. Um, but the so the next day, like he goes and like he's talking to Maud and like you know how he's not gonna like basically what it, this scene boils down to, like with him and Maud, is that he tells her is like this whole thing happened in twenty four hours. I can make it unhappen in forty eight. I like Sabrina. I always have, but I'm not. I'm not about to kiss off a billion dollars. I don't care what she did to her hair. And um, and then I love like Sabrina goes up to to check in on David, and he's well, absolutely. And off she's his so face. hesitant and tentative when she comes to the door. Yeah, because she thinks they're going to turn her away. And immediately he's like, "No, let me take you up to see David." Like, yeah, like he plays that card. Yeah, this is all cards at this point. Yes, yeah. now he is fully back in the game. Yeah, and and so yeah, they go up to the thing, and she sees David. He's off his face, and <laughs> I don't know why, but the moment like, I, I wrote, loved up, dr- love drag, bleh, love drugged up Greg Kinnear, like just love it. The the moment like he, he's kind of a few steps behind, but like you know, like in this conversation because he's so high. But the moment like she's got her hand on the bed, and he kind of takes her hand and he kisses it, and he's like, "Oh, look at your little hand." It's I don't know why that line it's has so, al- has so always cute. stuck with me. That whole scene is just so like cute, and she's like, "Do you want me to stay with you?" And uh, now Linus has got to stop that. He's like, "No, no, no. He needs to rest. Let's go." Yeah, and, and, but Linus does care about his brother. Like you, I do mean, he see does that. You do see a little bit of that, like. I mean, he's he not does, a, he's not above injuring his brother. No, he does what he needs to do for a billion dollar deal. I, okay, I mean, brother. I was like, yeah, I was like, would you get your sister to sit on some champagne glasses if it meant a billion dollars? I don't know, because I'd have to take care of her afterwards. I don't have servants, <laughs> so I don't have a staff that will come and take care of her after. So eh. I was like, I don't have siblings, so I have, I have step siblings. I would like I would push them onto champagne glasses <laughs> if it meant a billion dollars. But so he while they're Sabrina's leaving the house, he goes, Hey, actually I need some pictures taken at at the Vineyard this Cottage. Is, We're gonna sell it. This is this is a thing that I love about Linus, is that Linus knows the details. Yes. He's a detail. And so person. it's like even if he doesn't necessarily like celebrate like the staff's birthdays or something he at least knows when those birthdays are it's like the feeling that i get and so the fact that he knows 
because he didn't really have time to go like research what she was doing. No, he's listened. He to what's yes, been going on. he Absolutely. has listened over it's, this time. It's and, the same thing. Look at him noticing her in the tree and yep. and that stuff. Like it's the same. Like yeah, that's like line is, like because like because everything that the man does it hinges on the smallest detail and the finest print. He notices things, and so he already knows that she has an interest in photography. And so he asks her to take photos of the cottage in Matthew's Vineyard so that they can put it on the market, quote unquote. That moment he puts the baseball cap on and then she gives him a look and he takes it back off like that I was a know. step too far. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so funny. But he's like, we got the helicopter to take us to the private jet, to take us to... And so, so she agrees a little bit hesitantly, but because I love like they they get off the helicopter and they're walking onto the plane, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, just just miss all that traffic, saved like, all this sa- time. Sa- saved all this time." And then they, you know, like they get on the plane, uh-huh. and he's still kind of focused on business. He was handed some paperwork as he got on. Yeah, the plane, he was handed so. some paperwork, and so he's still kind of focused on business. And the flight attendant is <laughs> is. Cindy. Ta- yeah the flight attendant she's you know like she's like taking care of sabrina and um and so you know the the flight attendant like comments on you know like sabrina oh that's a beautiful name and blah blah, blah and and he kind of like wrangles her back <laughs> and the pellegrino cindy i'll have to say bye <laughs> yeah and and so you know then he finally like you know he kind of puts some of the business aside and and to make conversation with her. And he says, so that really is a beautiful name. How'd you get it? And she says, my father's reading it's in a poem. And, um, and I can't remember what it is he says, but this is a thing that I love. Um, because like, like she's realizing, okay, well now I have to quote the poem. And she kind of gives this little shoulder shrug and like an eye roll of like, okay, so here, here's the story. Because that's a thing that, like, I've had to do in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People asking me about my name, and I'm like, okay, so, my dad. <laughs> but the, um, but what she says is, you know, like, you know, it's from my father's reading. It's in a poem. And then she quotes the poem. Sabrina Fair, listen where thou art sitting under the glassy, cool, translucent wave. In twisted braids of lilies, knitting the loose train of thy amber-dropping hair. And then the uh the flight is like cindy cindy interrupts and blah 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 and then linus kind of goes back to what he's doing and then sabrina asks him she says don't you ever look out the window and he says well when i have time she says what about all that time we saved taking the helicopter and he gives this little grin and he's like i'm storing it up like it's this little like self-effacing like yes i see what you're saying there yeah. but yeah okay i'm saving and, it up and that's when i and he's like you know like i'm storing it up and and she says, no, you're not. And you see him, like, he kind of, like, sets the, <laughs> sets the papers down, kind of, like, puts his hands in his lap. And he's like, so, your little poem. And the way he says little poem, he is so speaking down to her for a second. It, it's Okay, no, to me, it's not even that he's speaking down. He says, so, your little poem, what does it mean? And it's the look on his face, like, this is the moment where to me like despite the class differences this is where to me like they are now starting to come at each other on even footing yeah she doesn't let the fact that that he's her dad's boss affect how she treats him it's even for the most part yes um from here on yes you know but she she tells him 
you know, he says, so your little poem, what does it mean? And she says, it's the story of a water sprite who saved a virgin from a fate worse than death. And Sabrina's the virgin. Sabrina's the savior. The way she delivers Sabrina's the savior is so it's, good. Oh, it's so great. Because um, that is what Sabrina in this story is. Yes. Sabrina is the savior. She doesn't need to be saved. She's already fixed her. She's already working on yes. herself. She doesn't need to be saved. He's the damsel in distress. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, even uh, David. David. She saves both of them in yes. different ways. Absolutely. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's great. But the. Um... <laughs> when they they get to the, the yes she's taking pictures in the in the cottage and the for me like this is great like there's a lot of like moments where it's like how sincere is he being like is he just the, delivering to me lines? in this like especially in the house it feels like it's an act he's laying it on thick and then then toward the end he's not like when towards he the end he's not loneliness i think i think that's genuine yes because she because what it is like she wants to take a picture of him in the house to kind of humanize things. And he's like, oh, I don't like having my photo taken. He says, I come out looking depressed. No, that's not the right word. Lonely, maybe? He says, are you depressed, Linus? Like, yeah. She, she like genuinely, are you? Like, this is something we need to address if it's, yes. if it's the way it is. And he's like, no, it's not that. Like, it's more. And he looks I, out the window. And that would have been a beautiful shot. Like, I was kind of surprised she didn't take that I shot. I know. But because he like looks out, stares out the window and he says, lonely, I guess. Like that was one of those moments. I'm like, this lighting is fucking perfect. Why are you not raising the camera anyway? Um, because she's too busy looking at the beauty of this Harrison Ford. It's distracting. Fair. And so, so but she. Goes then, I I love that they go they go outside. Well, he goes mod first before he goes outside <laughs> to check in at the office, and they ask how he's going. He goes, so far I'm more affected than she is. I damn near cried twice, and that's where I'm like, okay, so he is being a little bit, at least a little bit sincere. Because that's, otherwise that's, he wouldn't be as affected. That's because the best lies contain a kernel of truth. Exactly. But the fact that he is he is accidentally allowing yeah. himself because he doesn't know how to do personal things. No. He doesn't. This is not his wheelhouse. How how to human. How to human is not his thing. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's been more affected than she has. That, for me, like, strikes a really big chord mm-hmm. with, with the fact that he doesn't mm-hmm. do a lot of, of personal yeah. living. Yeah. Yeah, so then they both go outside. Yeah, yeah I, I love, she, you know, she's talking about, like, you know, do you want a view from the house? And he's like, oh, yeah, just pick one. And so. Just take them all. Yeah, just take them all. And she's like, more isn't necessarily better, Linus. Sometimes it's just more. And um, and so I love, like, she gives him the camera and she's like, okay, pick a view. And, and he's like, okay, like, ocean, 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 like, quaint little fishing village. And he's like, oh, lighthouse. And, and they, he's like, okay, guy going into the lighthouse. And he kind of has this moment. He's like, you know, well, what kind of person does that? You know, spends their life, like, tending to a lighthouse and, you know, all this, you know. And just kind of have, it's like, he's kind of thinking out loud. And, you know, and then he, he's like, oh, <laughs> like, okay, sorry for my ramble kind of thing. And, and she, you know, and he gives her back the camera. And, you know, she tells him, she says, every time I look through a camera, I'm surprised. It's like finding yourself in the middle of a story, just like you did. And she says, I love this line. She says, I think I've been taking pictures all my life long before I ever had a camera. I thought of you when they said that. I, it's, I'm like, I, I want that line framed. I need it to open a wall in my apartment. Um, but from here, like they bike ride kind of through, yeah. uh, through the town. They're talking about Paris. Sabrina says that Linus would hate it. She says they work as hard as anyone, but they know when to quit and enjoy themselves. And this is where, you know, she sees, you know, this old 
building that's been boarded up. She kind of takes some pictures of it. And they're talking about the building. And Linus kind of like light bulb moment tells. She's like, well, I hope they don't tear it down. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, well, they won't. Because like, I, you know, I, I own, own this whole block. Like I own this whole block. And so he tells her that he actually donated it to the town as a halfway house for guys like this beggar who's in front of them. You know, homeless man. Who's yeah. This Cans. Yeah, cans. He's like, you know, like people like this man, you know, who just who just never get a never get a break. He the the, the actual speech there is really great. Oh yeah, it's it, great. It, it, he's he's not wrong. He's yeah, but, he's absolutely not it wrong. It seems like once again, this is something that Linus knows. <laughs> this is also like one of those moments. Of, I was like, okay, like for the nineties, I'm like this talk of like this talk of reform. I'm like, way to go. Yeah, and like, so. But like Linus, the speech that Linus delivers here shows that he knows there's a problem. He just, <laughs> he just genuinely has... isn't bothered with it normally. Yeah. But but once he thinks about it, yeah. he actually understands the problem and wants to fix it. It just he's never really like yeah put the two thoughts together. Yeah. And so they ask they ask the homeless man to take to take a a, a photo of him and Sabrina. And my God, this moment they are stiff and awkward as fuck. Oh yeah. It is painful um but from here we have them they're having clams on the beach yeah and um and so sabrina makes the comment she she tells linus you're not what people say you are <laughs> it's like what do they say that you're the world's only living heart donor um they say he thinks morals are paintings on walls and scruples are money in Russia. And he's like, oh, okay, get the picture. Look, my favorite is, no, 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 that's yeah. enough. Like, that's, I'm fine. He's genuinely a little hurt by yeah. that. Like, it surprises him, I think, that he's hurt. But he also didn't realize people thought that about him. Like, yeah. he, he genuinely never, he never thought about the, like, it's like he says to Maude later, you know, you never see the face of people the day after take over their company. Yeah. So he's steeled himself against a lot of I think for me it like the 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 whole like being the world's only living heart donor to me that feels like something that like David would just like throw at him Uh kind of offhandedly but the he thinks morals are paintings on walls and scribbles are money in Russia that's like targeted specific yeah and so it's like oh oh okay that that one kid a little close to the mark um, but in this moment, like Sabrina asks, you know, do you remember the rainy afternoon we spent together? And she says, you know, my father had driven your mother and David into town for a music lesson. She's like, I was afraid and I came into your house and I tried to turn on a lamp, but I got a shock and I thought I had been struck by lightning, but you stayed with me all afternoon until my father came home. And he says, and you didn't cry. You were a brave kid. No, I was more afraid of you than being electrocuted. That once again is another like wave with him. He's like, like you can okay. almost see the like this. This this is like a point that I wanted to make, and it comes up again in the the rock and restaurant scene. And it is a credit to Harrison Ford the way, like the look on his face when he's watching her while she talks. Uh-huh. There is such like a softness to it Uh but there's also something wrapped about his expression yeah it's uh, like god i don't even know how to describe it it's just it is it is beautiful but i can't remember what it is but it, it some there's something in something in this conversation it leads um 
Sabrina to ask the question, is that why you never got married? Well, you probably don't believe in marriage. And he says, yes, I do. That's why I never got married. Like David, on the other hand, believes in the tooth fairy. That's why I like him. Like, like, well, I like him too. I love him. In fact, he's like, I just don't know what to do with him. Yeah. And this is where we get, they get back home. Well, because he he mentions that David used to love coming into the office when dad was there and writing his own memos and and all that kind of stuff. Like David used to love all that. And then he just stopped one day and and Linus never found out why. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. Um, But then they get back Mm -hmm. to the home on Long Island and, you know, Linus, um, Linus talks, you know, says that, you know, oh, Sabrina was kind of tough on him. And she says, well, I guess you're used to being treated very carefully. And he asks her to bring the photos that she took, asks her to bring them to him at the office tomorrow. And I love, and the, it only happens twice in the movie, like here and at the end. But he says, good night then, Sabrina Fair. Yeah. It's so good and I love it. But then this is where she tells Linus the reason why David never goes my into the office. My father once asked David. Yeah, my father once asked David. And, and basically this is like, David says he, like, he believes he's not needed. He's like, what do they need me for? Linus is there to take care of everything. And so, you know, Linus makes the comment. He's like, I do real work in the real world. And David watches from the North shore. And she comments, you know, she's like, well, you know, I know that you do like, and you probably haven't made a mistake since you were three years old. She goes, but that's work. Where do you live Linus? Um, and Linus goes inside. He goes inside. And so she goes into her dad and they're, you know, they're talking about other things. And then she just changes the subject. And she says, we had baked clams. Linus baked them. <laughs> She's like, what was he like as a child? Shorter. Shorter. <laughs> <So> great. <laughs> but we have, we have the next day. She goes to see David again. And there's a nurse stationed outside his office. Which can I just say the nurse, yeah. Margot fucking Martindale. Great. She is a, like a great character actress. Yes. But people like, if you have not watched the 2017 reboot of DuckTales, you need to, because she is the voice of Ma Beagle and she is goddamn perfect it's true you're not wrong she is amazing um but anyway so she you know she wants to check in on david the nurse is like yeah he's asleep like basically like he he's in the clouds right now like he ain't coming back down for a while and and so you know sabrina basically just says he tells the nurse it's like well tell david i'll come back at seven i'll be back around seven i'll be back around seven and and so now we cut to Linus in the city. He asks, <laughs> his secretary's also great. Data Ivy. She's oh fantastic. my fucking god, I love her so much. Um, like the shroud of like Turin. what best what? line that comes in much later, but it's my favorite thing. <laughs> anyway. It's great, but yeah, but he, you know, he he wants tickets to whatever Broadway show is impossible to get tickets to, and a table for drinks at the Carlisle. Oh, that's a musical, right? As in, like. People will randomly. Yeah, she she tells him that the hardest tickets to get will be for a Broadway musical, and he's just like he's distracted, and he's like, yeah, fine. And she's like, that means that the actors periodically will dance about and burst into song, like trying to make this point to him, and he's so distracted because he, when she came in, he had told her he's like, okay, this building out on the vineyard, he's like, have you know, have our accountants like see if there's any like tax advantage 
you know, to donating it, blah, 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 blah. And so in the midst of this conversation, this is why he's distracted. Eventually he tells her, never mind, just donate it. I don't care about the tax, like tax advantage. He's like, just donate it and tell them I want it used as a halfway house. Um, then like have you so, ever heard it said that I'm the world's only living heart donor and the secretary loses it? Oh my god. <laughs> Seriously, like Dana fucking Ivy. I love her. But yeah, Sabrina um, shows up. Sabrina shows up and um and I love like she give um like she gives him the wrong roll of photos. Yeah. Um and he he says, Well, this is an interesting view of the house. And it's the Long Island house. And and but she thinks that he's talking about the 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 cottage no it's notre dame was it notre dame it was notre dame because well no because parent there's pigeon photos because irene in there yeah i know but like i in the way that i saw i thought it was a view because i I thought it was like a view like from the driveway no just it it was just a quick glance but but when he says well that's an interesting view of the house when she glanced like i thought it was like an end of the roll kind of yeah, thing no. like you would do no, like for, no, like i couldn't tell it was just yeah. a very quick kind yeah. of thing but it was just the way that he said yeah. that well that's a very interesting view of the house because in just a very quick glance that i had at it to me it looked like the long island house like taken from a like a view like yeah, down below like at yeah. a like at a lower angle like down the driveway. I could I could see why you think that, but I only know because I recently watched something that had like a photo that looked like that. Yeah, no, no, no. I I didn't see that at all. Yeah, but was, like, yeah. but yeah, I don't like in my head. I thought it was yeah. just like one of those end of the roll kind of things. It, that that whole roll is pictures from Paris. Well, like I again, like yeah. I you know I know like yeah we like seeing you know because we see her friend Irene and yeah. you know all this sort of stuff in it. My brain just literally went right to the <laughs> oh it was end of roll like that's just I don't know why that was just exactly where my brain went it was like oh yeah it was just end of the roll picture um but anyway say um well, you the, said you wanted to make it look bigger yeah <laughs> that was the um um well because I love it. like because she, she takes the picture from him and she says you you said you have to admit it's beautiful and I love his response like I probably would if you'd let me and um and like somehow this conversation is like you know she's still kind of like wistfully looking at these photos and she says I found myself in Paris you were missing yes and he just kind of offhandedly says I once was lost but now I'm found she says you're making fun it's my turn <laughs> fair and you know and then um and then i love this exchange because like they she he gets to like a photo that she had taken of him yeah and um or the picture of them two together i guess and um and she says well you're very photogenic and he's well it's because i'm handsome that's not it and he's like well, guess i'm not as handsome as david nobody is as handsome as david even david um, Don't tell him that. Yeah. And so this is where Linus invites her to the theater. And he says, I thought I'd take my first steps toward all that French stuff. Living the good life, knowing when to quit. And he's like, oh, well, maybe this is a bad idea. She's like, well, you know, it's a good idea. And I love that she, this is where, because, you know, he has he has these plans all set up. Of, like, he's going to take her for drinks at this specific restaurant because that's what David would do. Yeah. He's going to take her to the theater because that's what David would do. And she completely derails it, and they Flips go. The script, yep. She, they go to this Moroccan restaurant where they're sitting on cushions on the floor. They are eating chicken and couscous with their hands, 
And, and again, and it kind of goes into this montage of like, like her talking and, and him listening. And once again, the fucking facial expressions, the, it's the way that he watches her while she talks and there are little moments of like him laughing and smiling while he's listening to her and this is the moment for me because like the like because he takes off his glasses while he's watching her Uh and to be like this is the moment where he's for me where i believe he starts let unintentionally letting his guard down because now he had david's playbook and now She's thrown it away. Yeah. And so now he's on his own. He doesn't have the playbook anymore. He doesn't have step two. He, yeah, doesn't, he doesn't have, have step two. And so, the, like, to me, this is where I feel like is where it stops being an act for him. Or at least. I feel like that's where he abandons it completely. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this this is where he, you know, they have, they have this moment where, um. You know, he says, you know, listening to you talk, it makes me wonder if I should, I don't know, something's different. I feel different. At work, you know, I love the actions, but sometimes I wonder lately, especially, I've I've been wondering what it would be like to spend some time in a place that I loved like that. Not just a few days, but for a real change. I think I've been thinking about that for a long time. I just didn't know it until I think kind of trails off and he says, I do what my dad did. He did what his dad did. My whole life, I never chose. I love this line. The past gets deeper, more familiar, but, and he kind of trails off again. And then when she interjects, she says, you know, you're not really thinking about Paris. He's like, no, you're probably right. How could I be? Am I a lost cause then? And before like, cause her guard is up Her Yes. She had kind of let it down. Then he starts talking like that and Becca. Yes, it absolutely like like the portcullis has dropped. Yeah. Like ain't nothing getting through. And and then this is where they realize, like, oh yeah, we had plans. And now it's nine forty five and I told David I'd be back at seven. I told David I'd be back at seven. And and so Linus is like, Okay, well let's let's walk, you know, let's head back. And, um, and he asks her because all she's done is like, talk about how much she loves, like everything she loves about Paris. And he asks her, like, well, is there anything you don't like about Paris? And she's just probably how expensive everything is. And he says, well, then I'd have to learn to say, I'm just looking. And she repeats it in French. And he says, how do you say, this is what I want. And she repeats it in French. And I love this moment because he stops and he says, how do you say I'm looking at what I want? And she turns around and the panic on her face when she's like, I don't remember. Cause he's looking intensely he, at her intensely at her. And so they kind of like, they drive back to long Island in silence from what we see. Yeah. And, and when they, <laughs> when they get back, David is waiting for David's her. pacing in the driveway, like hobbling with a cane, <laughs> like pacing in the driveway, waiting for them to get back. And, and David, you know, basically like Linus is just like, bam, like yeah. he leaves. And, 
And David, you know, he tells her like he's been thinking about her. And he tells her, he's like, you know, he's like, I can probably scratch up some champagnes and Dixie cups. I am through with glass. <laughs> and and basically like wanting to pick up where they left off, like, and to dance in the solarium. And then Sabrina asks him the question, David, what's going to happen after? And this is where you see this moment of like David falters and he says, I don't know, but is that so bad? We could talk about it. It's fine. But there's also something in her body language yes. here that's interesting. Because at dinner, and I wrote this is this in my notes, at, mm-hmm. the, at the Moroccan dinner, she's comfortable up until mm-hmm. that moment toward the end. Mm-hmm. When, her, when you watch her defenses go back up. Yeah. When they're eating with their hands and they're talking and they're laughing, she's, there's a comfortability. Yes. Even at the, the vine- vineyard when she's with Linus, there's this comfortability mm-hmm. that she has quickly gained with Linus. Uh-huh. And it is disappeared from some of her interactions with David. Mm-hmm. She's less comfortable with David now. She feels she feels guilty. Yep. It's so there in her body this, language that she feels guilty yes. when she's with David now. I just, and, again, and she also shuts David down. Like, you need to be resting, stupid yeah. head. <laughs> like, I um, you were on heavy, heavy medication and you have you have, you know, excuse me, uh, Stitches? Stitches. God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're talking about gestures. Yeah. Michelle, have, yeah. Michelle couldn't remember the word for stitches and just started My making this hand went... movement. But yeah. It's like you have stitches. You know, you go to bed. Yeah, you literally, like, you have stitches in your ass. Go to bed. Go to stupid bed. Head. Um, but yeah. Which, so... oh, I just want to point out, I, like, that is, that is a, if I'm remembering correctly, in the original, doesn't he just like sprain his ankle or something like that? I don't remember. I'd have to. I know. It. I mean, it's okay. I don't think it's as bad. No, I, I, I it... definitely think like him sitting on glasses and like having stitches in his ass. I'm like, I think that is definitely played up for like 90s humor. Yeah, I think Bogey like trips him or something. Yeah, or like he slips down the stairs or something like it's, that. It's something it's, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's. I think it has been a long yeah. time I watched that movie. But... Um, but it, we have Linus wants Mac his secretary, he wants her to get two tickets on Air France, one in his name and one in Sabrina's. Um, and then this is where we find out the Tysons, David's possibly future in-laws are waiting. Um, Tyson does a veiled threat against the merger. <laughs> yes. Break that, my baby's um, heart, I break this merger, basically. He yes. doesn't say it quite that obvious. But... Well, and, the, and, like, and, and her, you know, her dad says, he's like, oh, well, you know, um, Elizabeth got in last night and, you know, David didn't seem to be as excited, you know, as I thought, like, and, you know, like a, a fiance should be blood whatever. So anxious to see her. It's like, so anxious to see her. And, and then that's when Maude is like, he's been heavily sedated. <laughs> he wants to be perfect before he, he sees, sees Elizabeth yeah. again. Come on. Um, but yeah, so there's veiled threats, like threats to the merger. Mm-hmm. And then this, I love, like, then we have Sabrina at home and she, she's doing like, not really like fully pacing, but uh-huh. she's kind of walking around the apartment and the phone rings and she grabs it and it's Linus and her face lights up. Yeah. And, um, and so the, and he asks her, you know, can you come back to the city? I have some business I want to talk. Yeah. yeah. Something I want to talk to you about. And then this is where like Linus tells, he tells the plan to Maude. 
Maude is not down with yes, the plan. Yes, okay, he tells her, he's like, things have been progressing with Sabrina. We've bonded. We've been confiding in each other. Last night over a handful of chicken, I told her I thought my life was in need of some radical changes. I told her I was thinking about getting away, moving to Paris. She thought that was a great idea. I think she'll want to go with me. Well, how do you know? The same way that I knew fiber optics would replace coaxial cable, that Intel's chip would change the industry, that Cindy Crawford's House of Style would be a big hit. I just know. So here's how it'll play out. Sabrina will join me in Paris. A wiser David will return to Elizabeth. I'll come back from Paris to sign the papers. The merger will close. We'll make a very large sum of money. What happens to Sabrina? She grows up. It's like, you're going to ditch her? My goodness. How did you think this was going to happen, Mother? Did you think that there was some nice way, some sweet way? I don't know what I thought. I just don't want Sabrina to be, what, unhappy? All these years, and you've never once seen the face of someone the day after we've taken over their business, have you? He's like, you're always off getting your hair done or celebrating. And she tells him to watch it. He says, you know, I'm still your mother. He says, you taught me everything I know. I didn't teach you this. And she gets up disappointedly, and she goes, I have some phone calls to return. Yeah. And and walks out of the office very upset with her son for what he has yeah. planned. And then... Uh, Sabrina shows up eventually. It takes a long she, time. She she circuitous routes. She, she like she did in Paris. Yeah. She wanders around the city. Well, and, and it's partially because she. I think it's that guilt once again about yes, David. Yes, it's the guilt, and because and she doesn't know what Linus wants. Because when he said, "I have some business I want to discuss with you," her face fell. Yeah. And when she gets there, she she kind of she's anxious. And she's kind of stammering about, about, you know, how she'd kind of been having these thoughts of, you know, like maybe it's like, maybe she shouldn't ever see him again. And she, it literally is like, she's just kind of stammering and like rambling this. And, you know, and then he tells her, he says, well, I guess that makes whatever I was going to say obsolete. I think they're almost magnetized at this scene, by the yes. way. Cause she's standing at one end of the office. He's standing at the other. And as they talk, they both take they, steps. They can't, it's like, they can't stop. Yes. And, and I love this. It's like, now they are so close to one another. And she asks, it's like, suddenly she just asks him about his barber. And he says that he uses his Tony, like Tony was his dad's barber. And like, and he's 94 and maybe his hand isn't as steady as it used to be. And Sabrina reaches up and she kind of like her fingers kind of graze his hair. Mm -hmm. And then she puts her, like she touches his face and then he reaches up and he takes her hand. And this is when he tells her, I want you to come to Paris with me. Like, it's your fault. You convinced me there were some things missing from my life, like a life. And she's like, I didn't think you were listening. Of course I was. Will you come? Don't say no. And God damn it, the chemistry in this scene is so good. And then the secretary comes in and puts two tickets on the... Oh, no, did they kiss? Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. First, yeah. first, she says, you're so formidable in business dealings. And the look on his face when he says, this isn't business. And this is when they kiss. Yeah. And then, this is, then, like, they break apart when Mac comes in yeah. with the tickets. And 
Sabrina, you know, she sees that, you know, she sees the and like she just she reels Linus in. That she like radiates happiness as she's yes. looking at these tickets with both their names on them. And and she says, you know, it's like I I don't know what happened. Like I don't even know you. Yes, you do. Like I I wasn't even interested. I I was interested in David, and he was what I wanted, and I had to escape, and I did to Paris, and I wrote in my stupid journal, and I cut my stupid hair, and I came back stupider than ever. And she's saying all this while laughing. Yes, and she's like, Linus, I'm so happy. You've made me so happy. And his face, he can't. He he, just, yeah. he physically pulls away from her, pulls her arms because she's got her arms wrapped around his neck. She's yeah. so happy. She's like crying with happiness. And he pulls back and he can't do it. And he comes clean. Yep. You were right about everything. Everything that mattered. It was all a lie. Everything I said to you from the moment I brought the champagne into the solarium. I was sent to deal with you. I sent myself. And I did a hell of a job. There was a marriage. There was a merger. And you got in the way. The plan was to take you to Paris to get you out of the way. And. And. Sabrina's face like the devastation yeah. and like she begins to cry and I had forgotten this little detail he has to walk away yeah he walks away he's and he messed goes, up about what he's doing and he like he steps into like the, like this little like bathroom that he has off to the side and we see him like throw water on his face because he is messed up about what he's doing he and hates when it. he comes back because when Mac brought in the tickets Mac said you know here are your tickets and the other the, things are being, being taken, taken care, care of. of. And when he comes back, she asks, what other things are being taken care of? And he tells her an apartment and a bank account, 500,000 francs. Your first offer was better. You can have more. I don't want more. I don't want any. You went to all this trouble just for me. It was no trouble. Was I really so bad for David? So wrong? The chauffeur's daughter? But isn't that all over? That's not it. It's about a piece of plastic. Nothing personal. And she takes her ticket. And and he says, I'll drive you home. And she says, I'm flying home. And there, it is so devastating. Like, it is just, mm-hmm. there is just, like, tangible and- heartbreak in this scene. Once again, this goes back to the blocking and the direction. Yes. He, I'm such a nerd about this stuff, but like, honey, look who you're talking to. She, after he delivers the devastating blow, sits down by the desk. Yeah. He once again is like pulled into her, even after like, uh-huh. he washes his face and he comes back, he takes those steps, but she begins to put space between them. Mm-hmm. He like, he continues cause he can't help it. He doesn't even want to, I don't think. I know. But he can't like, he hates seeing her like this. And so he takes like another couple of steps and then she crosses the thing and, and crosses across the to the other side of the door and that's when she's on flying home and and the space between them yeah. is so great they're back where they were at the start of the conversation yep and like there's something about that blocking that i don't it just i know hits so hard it's, in a there's great something sydney pollock like we talked about genius like clearly look at the stuff he's done and and but this scene there's just something about the way it's Sydney Pollock, like the that man, I adore. the man had a way with framing. Yeah, there's the, the framing and the blocking of these of this scene from when she walks and in that door till she walks out that door is gorgeous. It, it almost feels like 
everything that they've been doing is a continuation of the dance that they started in the solarium. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And so just this way that like they start far apart and they move around each other and, mm-hmm. and come together and step apart and come back together again. It's just, it feels like movements of a dance. Yeah. It really does. And then the scene after that, where she's talking to David it's, it's so gorgeous. Like Greg Kinnear doesn't get enough credit. Like I'm gonna be honest. I think <laughs> I think Greg Kinnear's kind of an unsung hero in this movie. Cause like his stuff is so small. Mm-hmm. Because she comes in and he is playing billiards, basically. He's playing yeah. pool in the room and she never leaves the door. Yeah. As she talks to him. But he has this air of knowing. I I love this conversation because she tells him, I'm leaving town, David. I think I knew that. And then he asks, are you traveling alone? And her face, it's a split second, but her face crumples before she regains Uh composure and says, yes, that she's traveling alone. And it's just, it's a very brief scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I think David, like the scene starts and David is angry. Yeah. But David doesn't show things things like that frequently. Yeah. So David is angry because they were supposed to talk. They had mm-hmm. plans and she didn't show up again. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing pool when she walks in. He doesn't even stop playing pool. He says hi and acknowledges her. But he doesn't like stop what he's doing. Yeah. Because he's he's hurt. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at this point he thinks Linus has stolen his girl. Mm-hmm. Which is not a Linus move. <laughs> no. But he also knows how much this merger means to Linus. Yeah. So he's already like doing that math in his head Mm because David is not a fool for all that he has played the fool. David is not a fool as we will find out. out, Yeah. But he has this air of like knowing like, because every other time we've seen him with Sabrina since she's come back, there's been this intense, like I'm going to like, I'm, this is my woman. And now that's, gone yeah that all of the tension that was between them is non-existent mm-hmm. because david has started doing the started doing some arithmetic mm-hmm. and when he says are you going alone and and she says no or she says yes, yes. uh i want a ticket one way and now Come i to think, think about of it, it yes yeah. and so they say their goodbyes essentially and that is the last time we see david and sabrina together yeah and what i like about this is gonna sound so weird it's not this thing where she was idolizing him and got close and saw he wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's not. And that's what it so easily could be. Yes. Like that would be the easy route in this story to make David into the not even the villain, well, but no, for her for her make, scales to fall away and to see make David. David the fallen idol. Yeah, and, and that's not what happens. They no. do come to this place where they're even now. Mm-hmm. But it's never because David did something wrong. No. And I, I don't know what there, it is that makes that so special in my, my, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's something about that, that David isn't the bad guy. Mm-hmm. David didn't do anything wrong. David's just not what she actually needs. Mm-hmm. And, and so they acknowledge that. And then she goes and leaves. And yeah. the next morning, David comes in and punches Linus in the face. Yep. As he deserves. Um, yeah. David storms in and punches Linus. Dave, Linus lets him. Yeah. Which tells you Linus knows what yep. he deserves. Um, David demands, he's like, how could you go that far? What makes you think that you had that right? Have it. And David's whole face changes. Yes. At that word. 
like David's like, yeah. And like as the but conversation we, progresses, he puts it all together. Once again, David's yeah. much swifter than he has made himself seem yeah. <laughs> before now. So he like they, they David, David has been playing a part all of his life. Like, yeah, he knows like what his role is and he has played it. Yeah. But we find like before David comes in and punches Linus, Linus is like basically like, like Linus is going to stop the marriage and the murder. And he's having the plane ticket in his name put into David's name. And, he, and yeah, when he's talking yes. to Linus, he be- or when he's talking to David, he yeah. begs David not to let Sabrina leave he, alone. He says, um, "I love this." Um, Linus admits, you know, that he manipulated and confused Sabrina, but but he knows that she has loved David all of her life, and so he wants to send David to her. And this line, he says, "I don't want her to leave here alone." That that like slight beg in his voice yes. to his brother. He has never requested no. anything of his brother like that. And and David says. What about Patrick and the merger? You'd blow a billion dollars on this. Get going. Go on. Don't miss the plane. And then this is where David springs into action. He walks out the door and he, like you can see the the light bulb moment mm-hmm. before he walks out the door. And then he tells he tells uh, Mac he's like send so and so to my office and do and I need to talk to the Rons, which is the accountants. Yeah. And where is my office? <laughs> and, but then Elizabeth and, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth comes in and he goes I need to tell you a story. And you need to tell me how it ends. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we really see is we see her leaving. Oh, wait, wait, that's with her dad. Okay, yes. Because I there, love this. Because, like, it's not really important to the plot. Yeah, but, but I love but it. But it is, it is a delightful little scene because Sabrina is packing to go back to Paris. And, like, she's basically been back for, like, four days. It's like, like she, a week. Yeah, yeah she's, she's hardly been back home for any time at all. And now she's going back to Paris. And her dad, you know, her dad, like, makes the comment of, like, you know, Mr. Larrabee Sr., like, he, you know, he never used to put the divider up. And so he was a shrewd businessman. And whatever he bought, I bought. He sold, I sold. Like, dad, or what are you saying? You have a million dollars? No, a little over two, actually. Well, and that's that's important because that means she is taken care of. Like, dad's going to make sure she has what she needs Um, in France because she she turned down the Larrabee money. Yes. So dad has got her. Dad's going to take care of her. And he tells her, he says, your mother and I were happy here, Sabrina. We always dreamed of what it would be like to do this for you. Two million dollars might have exceeded our expectations, but then you've always exceeded mine. Well, then as she's saying goodbye to the other, the other staff, <laughs> the, the chef who's who the, the head chef, head Joanna, cook, Joanne yeah. has been in and out talking with with dad the whole movie. Yes. They've had this really great there, rapport. Yes. You can tell like there is an established like relationship there. She comforts him when he needs it. She yes. kicks him in the ass when and, he needs it. And the fact that like they're standing there like yeah. and Sabrina is saying goodbye to like the other staff and they are loading up the car. Yeah. And. Thomas Fairchild, like um, Sabrina's dad, and Joanna are kind yeah. of standing off to the side, and she makes the comment of like, "You figured out how to like earn two million dollars, and you never said a word to the rest of us so that we could do the same." Yeah, and and then he says, "He's like, he says, marry me, Joanna. Well, I'll tell you how to make the money." Yeah, I'll tell and you he's like, "I'll tell you how to make the money." He's like, "Marry me, Joanna. Marry me for my money. He'll do it every day." I am not amused, Thomas, and I have a great sense of humor. Then marry me for love, and she basically says okay. And like, yeah, I love, that's all we get. But <laughs> I love it. It's 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 the like Carson and and, and, and Miss Hughes, Hughes. Yeah. yeah. So then we see the plane take off, and then 
this, Linus, uh, yeah, Linus is um Linus trying is waiting to, to start the meeting because he's waiting on somebody. He's to come in. yeah, he's trying to stop the merger. Um, and then and he's David, about to announce that David has run off with yes, Serena. and that's when David and Elizabeth stride in and announce that they've decided to elope. And um, and he's like, well, like, what are you doing? Like, where's Sabrina? Yeah, where, are you where, where does Sabrina? And um. And so some they rile him up. They play yes, Linus because, like a violin, man. Because Elizabeth's mother says, "Well, who's Sabrina?" And her father, like Elizabeth's father, replies, "The chauffeur's daughter." And Linus turns, like, "Don't, don't call, call her, her that. that." Yeah, and thankfully Patrick Tyson's an asshole, so we don't have to actually involve him in the plan. Yeah, he continues to help rile up Linus yes. accidentally um, because Maud, because Maud, Mac, Elizabeth, and. Uh, David. David are the ones in on this plan. Yes, uh, and Mr. Mr. Um, Tyson or not? <laughs> yeah, David. David says I told her I felt funny accepting my brother's hand me downs, and I said, "Don't take it personally." I told her you'd always been very generous to your women in the past, and I was sure she'd be more than compensated for whatever. whatever. And David gets punched. And then, yeah, then Linus punches David, and so David <laughs> is like, <laughs> "See." David is like, see, I told you, he loves her. As, as David is scrambling backwards, yes. as fast as his feet will carry him because he doesn't want his brother to murder him. He's yelling like this. He's like, ha ha, I got you. Because <laughs> it's that like, I don't, that is one of my favorite. It is done better in here than in the 54 Sabrina. Yeah. I remember the 54 Sabrina. I believe Bogey does punch Holden, but it's not like, I never yeah. feel the same way about it. Yeah. This like oh it's so good and then he he's like i got the helicopter waiting for you here to uh i to take, take the plane ticket to the concord helicopter to take the like, airport like and if you hurry like you can probably beat her there or like get there before and then it's like like is like is is you know is his bag ready like yes one bag you went to my apartment <laughs> he's like i took her like Maud pipes up like no yeah. i i took matt matt's like yes we were up to your, our elbows in your underwear, underwear drawer, drawer. like touching the shroud of turin i Freaking die again every time again, that line comes Dana up. Dana fucking Ivy, like oh she is such a good character but, actress. But um, yeah, he goes. So apparently, but, I have another. Like it like, takes apparently a second I to have bring him around. Yeah, and but mom tells him because mom's like, I hold on. Yeah. yeah, um, the um, David like very quickly gets Linus to like sign the necessary paperwork. Yeah. one to like push through the merger and then the other one, like another piece of paper authorizing a salary raise for the new position that David is going to be taking over. And, um, and, and so Linus is just kind of for once kind of very hazily, like following along with what everybody else is telling him to do. Yeah. But he, he just kind of says, he's like, she must absolutely hate me. And Maud says, she'll get over it. We all do. Then yeah. she says, Linus, I love you. No mother could be prouder, yeah. but I think it's time you ran away from home. I love it. And so he walks over and like puts his hand on his mom's shoulder and he goes, apparently I have another appointment. And, and yeah, David's like, it'd be better if he ran. Like, yeah, it'd be better if he ran. David's like, get the fuck out of here so and run. So he grabs the bag from Maude and takes and off then... and gets in the car with Sabrina's dad. Yes. But hold on. This is the moment where we yeah. have David being competent yes. and like, 
hand, you know, handing out, out paperwork. He, and he's already started some restructuring because he sees where some things are going are, are going to go wrong in the merger. Yeah, like, you know, something like once a, it like gets a, restructured. This is going to be things are going to be losing us. Like a, you so know, this, yeah, this here's a money drain and blah blah blah. And like very competent, very knowledgeable, and modest surprise. And I love David's response. He's like, "Mother, you've copied me on the financial statements for the company for 17 years. You just assumed I couldn't read." And he, so now we see the company is in competent hands. David knows he is needed now. Yeah. Like he, Linus, Linus is allowed to go have a personal life. So David is needed. Yes. To step up and David does and, so. Um, and, and so now oh, we, like we have Linus, with Linus in the car with Sabrina's dad and, and Linus. And they're kind of stuck in traffic. Yeah. They're stuck in traffic. Linus prompts her dad. He's like, go ahead and say it. And her dad says, you don't deserve her. He says, I don't. I know that. But I need her. And, and I, I don't, don't need, need anything. anything. I just want to make her happy. And so dad tell, gives him the address and says, you better make a run for it. And he gives him the address Sabrina's going to be living yep. in, in Paris. So he, he takes off. And then we see Wait, Sabrina. He makes, he makes it to the helipad. Then he makes it to the. <laughs> well, we see Sabrina in France. Yeah. Getting out of a cab. Who's unloading her bags. And then. Creeper McCreepy across oh, the street. I have a little thing to tell you. Yeah. So, again, I've not watched this movie in forever. Mm-hmm. I had it in my head that this scene took place in, like, the hallway of, like, the apartment building. I don't know why I had that image in my oh, okay. head. And so when it happened on the street outside, I was like, oh, okay. I had to, like, restructure everything for a second. And, um, and so he's standing kind of like there's a there's a set of doors mm-hmm. and then kind of like a little bit of like a shop window yeah and he steps to the side a little bit to like start walking across the street and that's when you see a, a big red circular sign on this door <laughs> and it's much you know much like a stop sign it's red and it's got white lettering in it and it's just a whole bunch of stuff in french and as he starts walking across the street because like it, there's this big red circle like my eye is suddenly drawn to it and i I was trying to read it and like obviously like i know it's in french but it's like there's a word that i thought i could make out and i literally thought it said garbage and my first thought was like yes he was a garbage man and now he is redeemed and then i realized it said garage Eh, close enough (laughs) but the whole thing which is also appropriate he's now coming from the garage to her but, um, but yeah, they have the. I love he, the lighting in this scene. Oh and God, like the I do too. Are wet. It's it's just the setting is just mm-hmm. it's spectacular. But he tells her he he as he's walking up to her, Paris is always a good idea. You said, you said I'd be happy here. You couldn't have meant without you. And I this is the thing, what he's saying is he's being very suave. But there is such like a timidity and a to, vulnerability and a vulnerability yeah. to like his facial expressions. And there is such a hesitancy in his approach, like as he's walking up to her and she says, how did you know where to find me? He says, your father, I told him I need you. I told him I'd make you happy. I promised him. I thought it was all a lie. So did I, but something happened. It was a lie. And then it was a dream. I love that. Oh, I do too. Um, But then she, and rightly so, she says, I don't know how to believe you. How can I ever? And he interjects, because you know me better than anyone else. 
I think you know I love you. And you promised if there was ever anything that you could do. And it trails off. And then this is where we get the, the reprise of the opening voiceover. Yeah, as they're hugging each other. And as, smooching. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of intercut. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, it starts. Yeah, yeah, it starts with um, it, the voiceover starts with once upon a time on the north shore of Long Island, not far from New York. There was a very, very large mansion, almost a castle. And this the voiceover stops and Linus says, I've been following in footsteps all my life. Save me, Sabrina Fair. You're the only one who can. The voiceover picks back up. And on this very large estate, there lived a small girl. And life was pleasant there and very, very simple. And then this is when they, like, embrace and they kiss. Uh Voiceover continues. And then one day, the girl grew up and went beyond the walls of the grounds and found the world. And so we have them kissing. And then it cuts to this like this kind of early dawn it's that kind of gray blue light in the air and they're standing on the bridge in paris in paris like where we used to see them and they're just in their kissing and they're embracing and and as you let the credits kind of play the camera like it just it's not even like a slow zoom it's just like the, I don't even know. Like the camera just kind of slowly starts like backing up, yeah, and letting them just kind of do their thing. And there, there is if you let it continue playing, you see her kind of stand on her tiptoes to kiss him on the forehead. And I am a sucker <laughs> for that shit, and I love it. And I had never noticed that before, <laughs> and I, I was weak, but that's and that's how it ends. And yeah. I fucking love this movie yeah i oh my god i love it yeah like i am there's there's i'm not so glad that we did this there's not really a wrong step in it there's not really like there's nothing that i can just point out and go that kind of ruins the movie for me or you know for the that i can think of remind like i know we're kind of a disadvantage because neither of us have seen it in a few years yeah there's no like business deal that she's ruining oh no, yes yes that yes that's in the, the whole plot yeah in the original yeah yeah was yeah. there yeah i totally didn't remember I, I believe i believe that's the whole point of why he's trying to seduce her away from david was it like i don't I, remember I, i'm it, almost certain in it ne- even if it was like it never seemed to like take up much prominence like it never seemed it was more like like I'd have to rewatch it to remember, plot. but I'm like, it just sure it seemed, is. it just seemed to be like, it never seemed to be that prominent. And in this, I'm like, there's business takes like center stage, like several times of like yeah. the things that he's doing and like, and seeing him like, Part even of that it's because it's the nineties there. Yes. So um, it's a different, we're in a more business world at that point. Yes. Than the, than I don't know. I mean, it's just the fact that like business takes center stage and like, and even when, it's not, and, like, the scene is not focused on Linus. I mean, literally, like, seeing him, like, conducting business, like, at his mother's party. Yeah. And I, and by conducting business, I mean trying to beat the shit out of a television. You um, know Harrison Ford had to love those Oh, things. my God, it was great. Um, it's just, it is one of the things that continually makes me laugh. But I, this movie, like, I was shocked when I started the movie to realize that it is two hours and seven minutes long. And so I... Like, I was surprised. Um, but I don't, like, I generally say, like, oh, the movie didn't need to be that long. I don't know what you would cut out of this movie. I don't think, I think this one is the right length. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel too long or too short. It doesn't. Um, 
it still Elizabeth Tyson. It is still marrying another business tycoon. Is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. I just don't. David likes Elizabeth. This is the the synopsis on the on IMDb for uh, the fifty four version. Fifty four version. David likes Elizabeth as a casual girlfriend, but has no intention of getting remarried. 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 Interesting fun. note there. Um, but he yeah he does his fun loving activities all day. Uh, and so he he initially is interested in Sabrina because he doesn't really want to marry Elizabeth. Like he's he's more casual girlfriend. Oh, so that's where the scumbaggery comes in. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Like, whereas <laughs> with David, David is ter- terrified of commitment. I fully believe that. Like, <laughs> right. it takes some time. But it's not that he doesn't love Elizabeth and doesn't want to be with Elizabeth and doesn't acknowledge how great she is. Yeah. Um, David falls in his brand of love with this new sophisticated version of Sabrina. Uh, Linus, in turn, subversively takes whatever action, uh, d- direct action, to ensure David marries Elizabeth regardless of this new infatuation. Through these proceedings, Sabrina may come to truly realize what her moon is and if it is achievable. But yeah. So okay. yes, it is still a business deal of some type. I mean, I wondered, I just... <laughs> Either way, it is still a partnership where Elizabeth Tyson is a has okay. a wealthy father. Like, that part Again, is all the same. I don't... And I know it's been a few years since I watched the movie. It just seems like any kind of business. It's just like... We probably don't know what they do. Uh, it's true. just business. True. It was the 50s. It's just business. Well, and I, I love that, like, at the various parties, like, you have Linus, like, on the phone with somebody, and he was saying, you know, he's saying something of, like, I don't want to buy another network. It's like, there's just, there's never anything on. Like, I don't want another network. And, like, you know, like, like you had until 10 p.m. Like, it's 10.08. Bye. <laughs> like, you know, like, I just, I like the little, like, the little hints and just the, yeah um just the, the glimpses well, and it, it th- this movie to me this remake it feels like it just it fleshes out the characters mm-hmm. in a way that the original never well, feels and, like and the nice the other nice thing is we talk about this a lot but like technology is usually a thing that we're like please keep it out of the movie yeah but in this way like even though there are parts of it that are very dated like like his laptop and cell phone very dated yes but it feels and, timeless. and and buying mod a fax machine for her birthday but it feels timeless and i think part yes. of that comes from the fairy tale narration at the beginning and the end that there is a timeless and like the parties and, and even the way she like says they don't they don't throw parties like the larabies used to like yeah. like no one throws parties like that anymore kind of the the like the feeling that this is almost an out of time family like yeah like that kind of thing. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does feel timeless in a way. And the the fact that the um, it both does and doesn't, which is a weird, like because because here's the walk. thing. Yes, I mean it's dated in a way because all that technology is outdated. The plot of the movie does not hinge on the technology. True, true, true. And like that, that is the thing that like we always come back to. Yeah. Of you know, like when when your movie hinges on. You know, like, oh, this website design or this app or whatever. There's, like, this ethereal, timeless nature to the way it's filmed, even. Yes. Like, the lighting in the scene. And, and like, that that is a, like, that is something that, like, Sidney Pollack was so good mm -hmm. at. Because, like, as I said, like, you know, like, Jeremiah Johnson Uh is one of my all-time favorite movies. And there the like the cinematography of that movie of like Mm -hmm. what he manages to do and the other thing 
the things that like he was able to get out of his actors mm-hmm. is just phenomenal to me. Like I, like I just I like I can't think of anything like anything of Sidney Pollock I've ever seen. Like I've loved. And <sighs> I just, so I guess what do you rate this movie? I think I'm going five. Me too. I was like, I pulled the trigger. <laughs> it's gonna be five. Like, like I because because there's no real detriment to it for me like yeah they don't take the really easy plot moves they could take that would that would make life easier for them as screenwriters they don't and, and maybe it's because they they went back to the play the source material i don't could be know. now but, i want to find the play but yeah it's like there's just something about this movie that is really there's, special and it's it's weird to me because it shouldn't be there's and it's a very forgotten movie like it's not I know. One that's on everybody's list for like best rom com or best it's not even a rom com, but best it's, romantic yeah. movie. There's there's something about and it's partly it's partly the acting, it's it, you know, it's it's the line delivery, it's the actual dialogue. Mm-hmm. There is something both like tender and like bittersweet about like some of this movie. Like uh-huh. the scene with her and David like it's it's small but it feels tragic in yeah. a way of that mo- because that feels like a moment of despite what happened with her and Linus just minutes or not minutes but like just like just hours before minutes before for us minutes before for us like despite what just happened with her and Linus this moment like the moment with her and David like that final moment that feels like she had to grow up yeah and I, and I think that's what the other thing like that this movie does is that it focuses that this also focuses on Sabrina's growth and like seeing her go from that, you know, awkward and like obsessed young woman to a still like a less obsessed, but still naive woman Yeah. to what she becomes at the end of the film. It's like, so she is someone who is like, she has had her heart broken, but it is there to be mended. Yeah. And, and so, and like, I don't know, like it, there's a growth, like there, there's a growth to all of the characters in this movie. And that is something that I appreciate. And it is something that like, we don't always get. Most of the side characters don't get growth. Well, the side characters don't get growth, but I mean, I bitched about that when we talked about Runaway Bride of like there doesn't how there yeah. didn't seem to be much growth for like Richard Gere's character yeah. and like and like what growth he had, it just stopped. Yeah. And things like that. And so in this movie, it's like everybody they're kind of they're growing separately, but there's it's also their growth is also intertwined. Yeah. And so in this version of the movie it's one of those like i always wonder i'm like i always want to know what happens next i think they stay together oh i absolutely think they stay together but do they stay my question is do they stay in paris does he split his time between paris and new york because i want her to be able to like go home and see her dad and yeah and she loves the staff at the house and and maude i think genuinely does love her too like maybe they go back for the wedding <laughs> like like I guess they're eloping, so I guess yeah. not. So, I eloped to Paris. That's the sequel. Is the the two couples in Paris? There you go. It's well. It's not even that. Like I yeah. need. It's not even that I need like a sequel. To oh yeah, it. I know. Just I want. It's see. it's one of those stories that it just it keeps me thinking. Yeah. Long after I finished it, oh, of like wanting to know like what happened next, and um, and I did 
I because it's weirdly it's rare for such a classic story. It is rare for me to find like a Sabrina AU of I've anything. I've seen a few, but I, pretty rare. Well, yeah. I just found one recently. I mean, I say recently. I, that could mean any time between <laughs> like an hour ago and like in the past six years. Yeah. Um, but I remember texting you about it because I was super excited. Yes. And and I was like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm thrilled. I do remember this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and I remember the because, um, you know it and you know it kind of quote unquote ends with like them on like on the plane and like heading to Paris. Yeah. And then. Um, and then there's kind of an epilogue and like, and it gives me what I want of like, they stay in Paris for a long time and then they come back to the States and open like a Parisian restaurant. And I was like, I am satisfied with this. <laughs> like, it was, was it, uh, was it, a, it wasn't a, it was someone else. Like it was a different couple, right? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. It basically like, it was a, cause what it was a like Shit's Creek. Creek. Yeah. It was thinking. a Shit's Creek, like Sabrina AU. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was so well done. Yeah. Those are and, always fun. Yeah. And, and you know, it kept, it kept, it was more in keeping with the, with the original because, you know, you have one of the characters who's a chef. Yeah. And like goes to Paris to learn to cook and like, and all these yeah. things. So it's like, it was, you know, kind of in keeping more with the original, but like the way that it was done is like, it gave me, like, I was satisfied. I'm like, okay, somebody has like satisfactorily told me like what happens <laughs> next. I am fine with this. But again, but that, like, that is what to me, like good stories do uh-huh. of like keeping you like thinking about it after you finish the tale mm-hmm. and you know, like the best stories do. Yeah. And to me, this is just a better telling of that story. Yes, I agree. <laughs> anyway, I could talk about this movie for like another six hours. So you better shut me up. Do you have Jeez anything? Louise. Oh, I know. I, we should have said going in guys, this is going to be a long one. Apologies. So do you have anything else to add? Nope. That's All right. <laughs> then we're going to, we're going to stop it and cut. So, um, as always, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time, guys. Bye. Bye! If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And, while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.